One of the trickier things I've been dealing with these days is how to come up with a good intro for these podcasts. Um, it's pretty much just me rambling about current events in my life and the world at large and things that I've been up to. And I'm trying to uh, figure out how to consolidate all of this into a couple minutes of thought in these rare early versions of the anti-podcast pre-commercials. <laughs> What's up, anti-agents? It is Kevin Kelly. Yet again, another week with another fresh podcast for you. Um, change is in the air. Things are getting a little, little crackly outside. The leaves are drying feels nice. There's something, a nice smell in the air. And uh, tomorrow it's going to be getting colder. But right now we're just on the, the, the last dying gasp of summer before we enter into fall. And there's kind of a magic, kind of a, kind of a magical feeling there for all you emotional and nostalgic wispy types like myself. That feels good though. Um, Something I've been thinking a lot about lately is pace of life, and I got two books towards the end of the summer, um, two fiction novels that I haven't, I haven't been reading fiction. I've been reading a lot of nonfiction this year and last year, and so I had to switch it up a little bit and try and test myself with some fiction. So I picked up a uh, science fiction novel called Snow Crash by Neil Stephenson, or Stephenson, and. Um, Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry. Uh, and I picked up these two books because I felt like that they would probably be the exact opposite of each other. And that assumption proved correct. Snow Crash is super interesting. Uh, predicted a lot of things that are happening today, like Google Earth and the blockchain and uh, virtual reality is kind of the, the whole linchpin of the story. And then you got Lonesome Dove, which is a Western, uh, considered to be one of the, the best Westerns uh, that has been written. So Snow Crash was great. I enjoyed it. Not my most favorite science fiction novel ever, but it had a lot of promise and creative ideas in there. And I believe that they are trying to make that into a series as we speak. Lonesome Dove, the, the pace of this book is so slow. And I don't mean that in a negative fashion. It is just so enjoyable to read about the day-to-day of these cowboys who begin to take a herd of stolen cows up north to Montana. You may remember the television series that came back in 89 or 90. I vaguely do. Reading the book, I don't remember it at all. I kind of flip back through uh, some scenes from it on YouTube and it doesn't bring up any memories, but I kind of remember the name quite a bit. My sister talking about it a lot when we were younger. So reading these two novels completely unrelated in a compare and contrast kind of method has made me yearn for the slowness of life prior to the information age that we find ourselves in. Just taking each day to day slowly as it came, you know, events and phone calls and, you know, obviously the this was prior to phone calls, but I'm, I'm looking back at my own history before the internet and how people used to stop by, used to write letters, and um, it's hard to not yearn for that kind of thing. Um, everything is moving so fast. There's so much content out there. There's so many things pinging for your attention, 
notifying you of something that someone said or did to one of your digital photos or tweets or or Facebook statuses. And I just, it's hard to not fall in this kind of daydream when you're reading this stuff and and just think about what it would be like if that stuff no longer existed. So that's where I've been. <laughs> I've also been thinking a lot about potential uh, business opportunities and whether or not to enter into another phase of sacrifice. And by that, I mean working uh, at a relentless schedule on other people's stuff. And I, I've been kind of weighing that against my current feelings of contentment. Not that I'm not busy, because I'm very busy, but being content in what it is that I'm doing. Uh, doing this podcast, doing a little bit of client work here and there, and uh, running my product-based uh, company, Snakebite. So I do think it's healthy to have periods of sacrifice versus just periods of um, doing exactly what it is that you want. I think you can make some beautiful things when you collaborate with people and work for others. Uh, but there's also something to be said for having a completely full and segmented day uh, replete with everything that you wanted to do in that day, whether that's read or work or exercise or socialize. I am a big fan of living each day as if it's kind of your last. It's ridiculous to try and live each day as if it's your last because that's damn near impossible. But I kind of like to look at it as, what if this day was one of your last days? Not your last day, but one of them. One of them leading up to death. And that makes me always want to have just a full fucking day. I don't want to have to spend all my time on one thing. Is this good? Is this bad? I do not know. Um, But I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm trying to determine if I'm going to make a decision towards uh, sacrifice. So I'll keep you posted on that if it happens. One thing is for sure that no matter what you do, you should always try and hustle. And this next interview is one of the best examples of hustling and getting shit done. Indiana Rome is fresh off the release of his new album, Dealers, D-L-R-S, that he recorded in two fucking days. I mean, can you think about that? Literally, he sat down, maybe had some of the beats ready or prepared, but wrote, prepared, got his guest features in there, and then put this album out in two days, which kind of blew my mind, and we didn't really even find that out until later into the podcast. Rome is, simply put, a wonderful person. He's very authentic. Uh, He doesn't front. And we get into that uh, in the podcast. It's one of my favorite moments of just kind of underlying his authenticity of who he is, where he lives, and what he does. And I think him being so honest and forthright, yet also trying to appeal to the ladies and to the club, is part of what makes Rome uh, the perfect first musical guest on the anti-podcast. He's got some super interesting things to say, uh, and it's almost like a mini education in hip-hop and the music industry as a whole. So I hope you enjoy this. I really did. His voice is butter. (laughs) And we get into some really interesting topics even outside of uh, Rome's background. So enjoy this. 
doing it. Let's do it. How you doing, man? Cheers. Do it. Cheers to our H2O. Do it. <laughs> my rap voice is totally different. Wait, you say that you hate your voice? I do. And I've always hated my voice. This is how you this is how you make a living. This is what you do. Yeah. This is what I do. But I hate my actual regular talking voice because I sound like I sound like the weatherman. <laughs> I've always sounded like the weatherman. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm glad I, I'm not the only person that has that because I obviously doing this podcast, I get super fucking sick and tired listening to my voice yeah. over and over. And, uh, you know, you, I, I know there's a term for it. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something to where when you're talking, mm-hmm. you have a sound that you think you sound like. Yeah. Because it's rattling around inside of your head mm-hmm. and then being picked up by your ears. <laughs> and then when you hear it recorded, you're like, this my is. God, so I boo. sound so Wait, can nerdy. I cuss here? What's that? Can I cuss on here? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> some bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my, my regular talking voice, I've always had to answer for it. People always has qu- have questions about it. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. Like, yeah, especially but- even when I was growing up, you know what I'm saying? Where I was growing up at, they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from here. But you know, they, 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 this is how I've always talked and it's weird. Well, I think that's interesting because I don't think that your performance voice or your recorded voice sounds too different. You'd be surprised. Like literally, especially people who hear me for the first time, if they know me, Mm -hmm. they don't ask as much, of course. But if you don't know me, well, if you know me still, but you've never heard the music and you'll be like, who is that? (laughs) That's me. And they literally like, and they look at me like, fuck out of here that's not you bro i'm like that's me and i let them hear it they run through it i'm like Duh. and they, i think it's more it, it's not even a bad thing it's more of a a pleasant surprise like damn you sound good i didn't expect you to sound good because my regular voice sounds like this so it's like and i and the other thing is i think i missed out on a big blessing like a lot of people always told me like even when i used to work like customer service face to face they'd be like or even over the phone they'd be like you need to be on the radio. Yeah. Like they always say that you need to be on the radio using my regular voice. And this is like my voice. But when I get to like use my professional voice, like, yeah, this is Jerome. I mean, like, you know, when I started doing that, they're like, you need to be on the on the radio. And I'm sure they talk about like some type of talk radio or some shit. <laughs> I've gotten that a lot too. And I think it just has to do with the baritone. Yeah. Yeah. People like hearing that. They like the baritone. Yeah, soothing. Yeah. yeah. So I like but it. I mean, I feel like yours has it's this extra melted butter oh, yeah, on the top of it that uh, mine just does not have. Hey man, that's why I rap. <laughs> that's why that's why ladies come to my shows why you have the rest of them have a bunch of sausage in the crowd i have women at my shows because they like my voice uh so you said you know you gave your full name away jerome my name is jerome yeah yeah and uh your friends know you by that i think we mostly call you rome everybody calls me Rome. that's pretty much the easiest way to do it it is and then you got the indiana which is a, a prelogue to your uh, adventures in st louis yes i'm from indiana Right. Well, I was sit- born Indianapolis. Okay. I was born in Indianapolis and pretty much my entire life I've come back and forth to St. Louis every I've come to St. Louis every summer of my school life. Okay. So all the way up till I graduated high school, I was coming to St. Louis every single summer. Do you have family here? Or? I have family here. Oh, there yeah, you go. So you know, I'm not a I'm not a stranger to St. Louis at all. I was right. never a stranger. So even when I moved here it was like mm-hmm. I'm doing shit I was already doing anyway what was the biggest differences between st louis and indianapolis um getting rid of some words uh pop couldn't say pop anymore because i was oh, tired yeah. of answering the question of what's pop i'm like oh, let me God. just it was a while before i like i had to just <laughs> burn soda into my head uh 
when I first got here, Dirty was being used because it's like right around when Nelly was starting to pop. And oh, like, that's right. Dirty was being like, "What's what do you mean? I just showered. I was clean. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you know, it's like Dirty. You know, you my Dirty. I'm like, all right, that I got it. Dirty. Yeah, everything. Yeah, every, yeah, Nelly. Shout out to Dirty. The whole Dirty ENT, all that. So it was just more, it was more, it wasn't really a change in like the lifestyle of it all because St. Mm-hmm. Louis and Indianapolis are kind of like similar. I think similar tier. Yeah, similar. As, um, we're a little bit bigger over Indianapolis, but other than that, like the culture though in St. Louis is like, you know, from the food to the music to to the history of St. Louis itself is like, I, I, I got down more with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so Indianapolis was maybe more, uh, it's a little more Northern, but mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel St. Louis is uh, pretty close to the South, but it's also always been this weird middle city state mm-hmm. influences in New Orleans. Yeah. But while weird we're, parts stay to the North, we're you kissing know. cousins with Memphis, like Memphis is our cousin. Like yeah. I know so many people that like they go to Memphis or they, they just like they have, everybody has family in Memphis, you know, they <laughs> live in St. Louis. So even Atlanta too. So I think St. Louis is just definitely it's the heart. It's right like in the Indianapolis, middle of the damn country. Yeah, man. And like even in Indianapolis, I think we, we like gravitated more to, like a bay feel. Well, I'm not going to say that. I mean, it's just like, it's weird because I always go off the music. So mm-hmm. I'm like, we were pumping a lot of E40, a lot of the bass shit. And then like, but like we would have like regular local DJs in our area that would do screw and chop tapes. And screw and chop is like a big Houston thing yeah. where they like slow down the music and chop it, you know, it's click a click. And, it, and it's, but I mean, we took that. So it's like, it's weird. Like Indianapolis is a, is a melting pot when it comes to that type of thing. But St. Louis, I feel like they have more Southern ties than anything. Is uh, E-40 from Indianapolis? E-40 is from the Bay Area okay, in California. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are some big Indianapolis names? Like people, um, are, are there any? There, There's no, there's not anybody from Indianapolis that's like on right now. There's this cat, uh, I think his name is Something Battle. Mm-hmm. He signed a QC, he's doing his thing, but it's really still looking undergroundish. You know what I'm saying? He's not as big as Domingo's. Um, they have, uh, they got a few big names. Like I go to this thing called Crease Fest they have out there. They do it every summer or every year. And, um, it's kind of like Slum Fest in St. Louis, but Mm -hmm. they actually take over the whole, you know, a big area of the city type deal. So you have to go do multiple venues to see it where Slum Fest is always usually in one centralized spot. But it's more, it's more of a festival feel because you have to actually walk around the city. You have to go to different, you know, venues and see who your favorite, whoever you want to see. And, um, and you, I went, uh, last year I went, I went to the year before that. And last year I went to, and, um, it's just, yeah, they, they, it's, it's definitely a big culture. And like, they have the crowd there. They have fans, big, like the big names out there. It's just an issue of somebody. Is it typically a tour spot, uh, stop for people or? I think so. And, you know, uh, I see Indianapolis more on tour spots in St. Louis, St. Louis, mm-hmm. they usually fly over, you know, yeah. they always have to either go to Indianapolis, Chicago or Memphis or somewhere to see Do you them. think that's changing a little bit though recently? Um, I, feel I think like they we've are. Getting some, we're getting more. I yeah, think we're getting like more slowly, and yeah. I don't know. It's probably in the past ten years or so. I feel like Lou Fest might have helped a little bit. Yeah, man. Uh, we, uh, I think we had Beyonce maybe last year. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And Jay Z. Like people are. I think it's it's coming around. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because especially, I, and I'm surprised. Like I said, is Indianapolis gets more tour spots to St. Louis, considering the fact of how many artists have come out of St. Louis. Like right. even recently with the Sminos and whoever else coming next. Yeah. So, but yeah. It's coming around. Yeah, I feel like um, like places like Indianapolis, St. Louis, uh, Cleveland, you know, I immediately think of like Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. And they only need one um, artist to just kind of like... Open it up. Open it up and focus on the city. Exactly. And uh, here, I feel like it hasn't been anyone since Nelly 
but Smino, Smino mm-hmm. is obviously kind of directing the national conscious mm-hmm. this way again. Uh, but it also seems that people are working together a lot more recently as well. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the younger cats, even the ones that aren't on right now, and they're probably going to be on soon. Like, mm-hmm. I think they took a lot of, they took what we did. You know what I'm saying? Like, I say we because I'm, I, I'm considered a, a older <laughs> cat, but I'm like, I just started rapping like maybe five or six years ago. But hip hop, five or six years is dog years, so it's like I've yeah. damn near been doing it twenty years for that matter. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like. I think they just took a page out of our book and said, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, they just learned from our mistakes. Like, like even when we had the force popping back like maybe five, six years ago, mm-hmm. um, whenever that was happening, me, Corey Black, Rockwell, mm-hmm. Vandalism, we, you know, Teresa Janae, Teresa Payne. We had a whole big, like a conglomerate of artists, you know, yeah. whether they did photography, singing, producing, or rapping, whatever, we pretty much had the city on lock, you know what I'm saying? This is like in the days of St. Louis uh, home jams, and they were playing actual local music on the radio, and like, mm-hmm. there was not a time we weren't getting played. We were actually getting played during primetime slots type deal. Like, Corey, finger in my nose, <laughs> he had the city on lock with finger, like, Corey went on a straight tour run in this city in Missouri because yeah. finger in my nose, and like, people were really just putting their fingers in their shout nose. Shout out to and Corey. Yeah, shout out to Corey Birthday Black, boy. Birthday boy. Happy yesterday. birthday. Yeah, man. <laughs> I missed him too. I was in New York uh, for the Spike Fright campaign and uh, tried to link with him, but he was busy too. So they only had me there for a couple of days. But I'm, Yeah, I've been in New York twice this summer and I haven't been able to link up with him, yeah, unfortunately. He's, he went out there and hit the pavement running, dog. He's out yeah, there. Yeah, oh, killing it. All shout the time. Yeah, man. That's the team. Well, um, that's super interesting because I was involved with whatever fledgling hip hop scene there was like 15 years ago mm-hmm. or, or more. And uh, it, the people I knew back then was like crucial. Yep. Um, and had I don't think Vito was, I don't know where Vito was at that point. He definitely was doing music, maybe just not with them. Right. There was a group called Bits and Pieces. Mm, I, and, heard, of, uh, I and, heard of them. Yeah. And so that, you know, that's a long time ago. And then mm-hmm. Crucial and I started hanging out more recently and he was kind of catching me up on everything that's been happening. Since. That's a good, he's a good historian of it. He is, man. Yeah. He's doing a lot of big things out there too. I uh, hope to get him on the podcast. Oh, that'd be dope. That'd be a great conversation. Good so stories. you said you only started rapping five, six years ago. What's that like? Well, solo wise, uh, if we're talking about period, then yeah, definitely over 10. Like, wow. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I started off with a group called Kings of the Midwest. Um, don't try to look at any of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be Google. surprised. I don't even think it's on any platforms. It may be like still on like mixtape platforms, you know what I'm saying? Like live mixtapes or something like that. Or uh, I forgot what other mixtape platform they were using. But anyway, but it, I don't even think it's on any streaming platforms. But yeah. that was like, it was me, my partner Screet, and my homie Peasy. Um, and Screet's still doing his thing. I think he moved, he moved to Las Vegas and my homie Peasy, he's like, He's still doing. I think he moved out. He's definitely back in St. Louis, and he mm-hmm. skateboards, and he's been he's been making a living doing it for so long. So, so were you produce? How long have you been producing? That was the beats? first thing I started to do was make okay. beats. Um, I started to make beats. Um, actually, the homie Screet, I used to work with him uh, at his company, and I used to promote college parties, like mm-hmm. you know, saying they would like. Um, and they weren't, they weren't even my parties. I was, you know, I was a young cat. So it's just like, <laughs> they're like, duh, we need. They, you were I just promoting them? I was just promoting because people like. Like do like design me. and work? Uh, well, people like me at the parties because I had created a dance called The Mob. And what? People, people would still do it to this day. Well, I didn't create it. Let's, let's do it. My homie Buff, he created it. 
and I, it was here before him, but he created the way it's being done now. Mm-hmm. So Buff used to like, he, we would go to the monastery on the east side and he would do it, but it was me and my, me, him, and my homie Chris. We were the three, three-headed goon of the mob. <laughs> the three-headed monster of the, of the mob. So like, in the monastery, we were the guys. Like, mm-hmm. security in the monastery on the east side was, they were big as WWE. <laughs> they were big as fuck. <laughs> You know, they had these little ass T-shirts, say security on them so you could see their big ass muscles and these little ass T-shirts. And like, they would just beat motherfuckers asses if you get out of line. Oh like God. they came to, they came to whoop your ass <laughs> flat out. And you know what I'm saying? And like, they would have, um, the DJ would throw on a song called Who the Crunk Is? And basically, it's a 3C Mafia song, Terry Club Up song, Terry Club Up Thug song. And they would just bring back this beginning part. It was like, it's actually a, a, a sample from Everlasting Bass. Mm-hmm. But they would keep bringing it back. And that's what we would do the dance off of. What was it? It was, uh, what, the dance? Yeah. I'm not about to do it now. <laughs> no, no, nobody can see this. <laughs> anyways, like, it, was like, it was basically like a dance where you're, like, you're kind of like hopping on one leg and the other leg is kicking while your arms are like doing it's it's like okay. flapping like that it was it was do you do it sometimes when you perform because i feel no, like never never i've never done it while i perform if you catch me at a at a, <laughs> at a at a party and it comes on and somebody sees me they'll look at me like so you ain't gonna hit that i'm like dog i'm fucking old as shit my back of fuck like i used to do this shit and like i would touch the ground and kick i would do a bunch of shit i was young bones were nice um and like but like, like i said the, the security <laughs> was my bones were good <laughs> but like they were no crack or anything but like the security guards would make a straight big ass circle for like move out the way move out the way they about to do it and they would just let us hit it one by one hit the mob oh and like God. whoever wanted to join in as long as they were doing the mob they could jump in the circle but you had to wait your turn type shit but we were always the first thirst three to go and then like other rappers started making songs about the mob and they would always include my name in it mm-hmm. so they knew that like i was one of the founders of the mob so. that's amazing i had no idea I've that's why i'm like i'm always going to be attached to st louis culture as long <laughs> as people keep doing that dance and i don't think they're ever going to stop doing that dance when did you move here permanently or not you know it had to be what was that it had to be like early 2000s maybe 2001 or two something like that some shit like that so yeah yeah i'm a resident bro and were you out of school at that point no i came here to go to school i went to slu oh nice yeah you know i came here to go to slu and um university not st louis university not the high school yeah um i gave them i gave them two years then i went to umso and then um yeah i just quit i had a job a great job and they don't yeah I was like, fuck this job. I'm making what you motherfuckers is trying to make getting this damn degree. Yeah. So I'm not about, and then I'm like, the no, debt, I'm looking at the debt. Exactly. I'll just work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and unfortunately, the company folded and yeah, oh. sure, sure could have used that education at the time. But. Were you doing music before college and high school? Nope. I was just basically, I just enjoyed the fuck out of it, man. I was yeah. still, you know what I'm saying? In the cafeteria, we, and the the making beats on the cafeteria. I was always freestyling, go on road trips, go to wherever. We were freestyling shit for fun. So it's always been there, you know what I'm saying? But as far as like actually rapping, taking it seriously, that didn't even come until after I needed somebody to rap on my beats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, my homie Screed, he sat me down, showed me how to, he showed me basically the basics of Fruity Loops. He's like, mm-hmm. that's how you make a beat. Yeah. Now, with how you make a beat is on you. I just, you know, you have to lock in. So some, like, at least... A couple summers you didn't see me i was at home practicing making beats so i feel like fruity loops was is like the um 
every everybody starts with that almost it is is it because it's uh was the most affordable i think or? it well it, for one every most people or who free. have fruity loops now <laughs> it was free yeah. you know what i'm saying everybody you who has a fruity loop story they always start off like yeah i had the free you know the free mm-hmm. version i just heard mo he was doing an interview yesterday i started with the free version everybody starts off with mm-hmm. a tutorial and you can't save shit so once you make the beat you got to bounce it and that's what the fuck is gonna be oh that's right i did yeah. play around with it a long yeah. time ago and i forgot that was kind of like so the, uh, if you had any changes you had to make that beat completely fucking over again hopefully oh you knew God. what the fuck you were doing so yeah but um but I've, i didn't have the free version very long i was like fuck it pay for it yeah and um you know invest in yourself and shit I'm, i mean how much was it back then like a couple hundred a couple hundred dollars okay. it wasn't much at all and now it's like because you know they have you know free loop well i think they're on 13 or some shit like now double mm-hmm. xl producer edition that's going to run you it's still not still not a lot of money but they have mm-hmm. It's definitely they're going to charge you because they have a lot of shit in there that like all the plugins you can basically master your beat in that motherfucker. So has it kept up with all the other software like oh, Ableton definitely. and, and definitely people still use it to this dog. day. Like you know what I'm saying? Like all your hit like there's not a hit on in the top 100 Billboard that's probably not made by Fruity Loops right now. Really, I believe that. That's interesting. Definitely. I mean, you got Ninth Wonder. He's using Fruity Loops. He just, Rhapsody is yeah. Grammy nominated. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, well, I remember in the early years of like digital audio workspaces, some of them, you could tell that it was coming from them, especially like Reason. Yeah. You know, like, uh, Reason's guy, definitely stepped up too. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, for sure. But I remember, um, Dell, the funky homo sapien, mm-hmm. he put on an album. I can't even remember which one it was. And I'm like, oh shit, those are some Reason drums. Mm-hmm. Like, I know those drums. Yeah, and can. I'm like, wait, this isn't cool if I know what drums <laughs> those are. It, that's, the, that's, that's the lock-in part. Yeah, you can, he taught me how to use it, but can you use it? Can you yeah. do it? You use it where everybody wants to hear what the fuck you're doing over there. So that was my whole big thing. And I, I, like one of the best compliments I get, and I still get it from people is, your shit don't sound like it's from here. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, no, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Because it sounds like a lot of people are using Fruity Loops. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to know I'm using Fruity Loops. No, so, not at all. So yeah, man. <laughs> so that's the thing, man. Just just creating the sound and putting it out there and hopefully they catch. What? Um, so when you started, you, you were with this group. What was the name? Kings of the Midwest. King, we would go by K- KMW. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely did KMW. That was the, that's what we went by, but it was it stood for Kings of the Midwest. And were you producing that music? Or? I was producing it. Me and Screet were producing it. Cool. We like we made all the beats. And Is Screet still around? Screet, yeah, he's in Las Vegas now. He comes okay. back you know, periodically, but he's from East St. Louis. Nice. And yeah. he's, he's still trying to do music? or He, does, still, he, still, does, music. he still does music, but he has a lot of ventures, man. He has his own studio in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. he does so many other things, bro. But yeah, he definitely... He definitely i'll get an email here and there and a text like hey check this out and he's still doing music man so kmw is kind of like this rough testing period of like oh okay now i'm trying to figure out how to make the beats and mm-hmm. now I'm figure out my voice and my mm-hmm. cadence and my flow and how i do it that was boot camp yeah that was boot camp you know what i'm saying because you had scree who was rapping before me that's what he did and this mm-hmm. dude i've literally picked him up at his house in U city and drove to north this is when northwest plaza was still open <laughs> drove to northwest plaza and he rapped the entire time off the top of his head like the dude could just rap he just I, i've always envied people who, like teffy does that like i mm-hmm. envy people who could just freestyle off the top of the head i can't do that <laughs> you, <laughs> mean, you know what i'm saying you may get a few bars from me that sound like you know say because i pre-thought them yes. but after that i'm basically just rapping about what the fuck's going on in the room type shit oh man <laughs> i had to do that one time a long time ago and uh in I definitely had bars stored. Mm-hmm. And then 
I realized the sound system probably didn't even sound that good. So I just That's started, a, okay. I'm like, you know, just. <laughs> 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 okay. Oh, he's going in. And I said, shit. <laughs> I remember one time I like got so drunk at a show. That's why I don't drink before I perform anymore. Unless I have like a beer or something just to, something to loose, sh- you up. loose yeah. it up. But I don't drink anymore when I do shows. Cause yeah. I like straight up forgot the words to it. And one show and I was like, I freestyled for sh- 25 minutes yeah. over every beat and people were like oh man I love that remix you did where can I get it you can't that was just for you guys I freestyled that whole shit but yeah yeah I always think that uh, <laughs> alcohol and any other vice kind of makes you think that you're doing better than you are and then when you play it back afterwards it's like it's, yeah. oh my god what was I I've doing I've never been a big drinker anyway but I remember it that day and I was like damn I couldn't remember one fucking word and these are songs I've done over and over again and I was like I'm done no more yeah. drinking before a show well, I think I paid some of the most notable people <laughs> in the history of hip hop are not necessarily freestylers either like Chuck yeah. D you know Dr. Yeah. Dre doesn't obviously even write yeah. any of his own stuff but you know, I don't think that it's, uh, unless you're going on Sway. Yeah, man. I mean, what would you I do? I want to get on Sway. <laughs> like, for sure. I mean, the thing, I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of them are getting on there and they're still doing pre-written bars. Yeah. It's not that often that you're getting a freestyler who can like, actually make sense of every thought. single, that's black thought. Yeah. And even them bars, I think, are like. Tucked away? I think they're tucked. You know, yeah. I think black thought actually is just, just free. He's, he's, a, he's from that, that that's that cloth where they always kept books of rhymes. Yeah, I mean, you know he's saying? damn near 50. He, I'm sure he has books of that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That shit, he, I mean, and he's been making music forever. You know what I'm saying? When you, like Jay-Z, Black Thought, whatever. I'm sure they just have just, they have probably reels of music. Well, it's not even that necessarily. It's probably just understanding uh, the dictionary so damn well. That the, too. Their lexicon is just huge. Yeah. And it becomes almost like muscle memory. Yeah, man. What's, and, um, I forgot dude's name. He's from St. Louis. He always, he, po- he, he, does, he, he doesn't do music as much. He's more of like a motivational traveler. He mm-hmm. went to, um, so I forgot his name. Prince E. Prince EA. Oh, yeah. Dude can yeah, rap. For, huge now. Yeah, yeah. I knew him as a rapper. And I, he can rap his ass off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then so, he got into the whole uh, YouTube uh, motivational speaker and yeah. has been killing that. Yeah, man. So he's a rap. He's a rapid. He can rap his ass off. <laughs> rapid rapper. Rapidy rapper. <laughs> That's what I call them. Rapidy rappers. Like they could just come off the top of the head and every bar makes sense. It's not yeah. just like I'm random rapping about just making it rhyme together. They actually punch lines in their freestyle type shit. But I think... I always, I don't, I know people who can do that. Mm-hmm. And then I just know people who just have those bars tucked away. They're just sitting there waiting for the opportunity, like a Sway or a Funk Flex to just come on there and do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Show us what you got. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sure I will. Let me rap for 10 minutes <laughs> and we and you love it. So, yeah. When the, I feel like when they're able to grab things uh, or people throw them words, you know, that's, uh, that's not many people do that. No, I, man, that's know. a talent, bro. So it's Black insane. Thought is the GOAT. Like, I believe all that yeah. shit came off the top of his head, man. It, and maybe a few from the tug, but he was going too hard, bro. And I was like, that's a lot. So Yeah, I remember <laughs> Common. I, I saw him live forever ago, and he did some um, freestyle based on St. Louis. Yeah. See, and, he comes off the hit. Yeah, and that was incredible. I remember this one guy who basically built his career off of freestyle called Supernatural. I remember him. And he would play like the festival series and just like, get, I mean, literally he just freestyled the whole show. His written material wasn't as good as his freestyle material. And that's material. crazy. It is crazy. I don't even know. How you, that's a crazy thought process. Like how does your, what part of your brain makes that happen? Where you just like, whatever is coming off the top of my head sounds better than what I could write down. 
So yeah. then after Kings of the Midwest, you did you do any other groups or you just went straight solo? Um, basically, after Kings of the Midwest, I tried my I, I actually put out a song called Dream with Teresa Payne mm-hmm. and um, I just put it out there. Didn't know what the fuck I was doing. We didn't know what we were doing anyway. Yeah. So I just put it out there and it started to take off. Um, it got like black uh, BT. They posted it centric, uh, which is also BT. They posted it. It's just, this is back in the blog era. Mm-hmm. So all the blogs just start posting it without me actually reaching out and sending it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which was dope. Cause what you know, was it on like SoundCloud? Or? It was, um, where did I put that? Cause it definitely wasn't on any st- streaming. Wasn't a thing. Um, yeah, it had to be on SoundCloud or, or something like that. Whatever. I think so. It had to be. But it was more physical and you know what I'm saying? This is, yeah, it had to be on SoundCloud. And then I, a lot of people were still playing CDs. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? A lot of CDs uh, playing and a lot of radio play when radio play still matters. So radio play still matters, but mattered as much. Right. And, um, but it, people started to take grasp of it. And uh, the video is what really caught them. Mm. Uh, the homie Travis made it. Um, and basically we we just went to a lot of St. Louis spots man a lot of local spots that people recognize in the city they <laughs> fuck with it heavy man and that was my that was my what call. year was that when did who the hell was trying to paint it? a timeline I know so I, that, that was off my it. first album I don't know man they had that I mean that was this 6 or 7 years ago that's when I that was me okay so it had to be that was the beginning um and basically i put out my first album who the hell left the gate open it was like 20 something songs it's like a no <laughs> a no limit album and it was like hella songs because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i didn't yeah. know i didn't know what my sound was i didn't know my lane i just knew what i liked mm-hmm. so i just put a bunch of songs together that i liked so is it pretty influence heavy it was pretty yeah um i was listening to a lot of my favorites i was listening to a lot of ugk a lot of j mm-hmm. a lot of yay a lot of uh a lot of uh a lot of south music a lot of um yeah a lot of self because that's what i was playing at the time and yeah. like but i still wanted to like i just knew what i wanted you know what i'm saying my favorites always they were jamming which basically meant you could bob your head to it, you could dance to it mm-hmm. you can groove to it but they still had a message so that's what i was listening to you know what i'm saying and that's what i wanted in my shit so i still wanted to be jamming i still wanted all the people who like three six mafia to jump around <laughs> and fucking elbow a motherfucker i still <laughs> wanted them to listen to it so the beats were always hard and I wanted people who wanted who wanted the message mm-hmm. to listen to it. So I always had some lyrics, even though I wasn't that good back then. <laughs> I wasn't. I was like, I was cool. I got by. So then how'd you start dialing it in? Just from live performances and meeting with other people mm-hmm. doing features? It really like I think my I think my bars got better once I started, you know, collaborating with other artists, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because it still started it started to get sharpened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? My shows, I can't stunt. I think they sucked. Um, I, I didn't like looking at people. My head was always down. I was rapping with my eyes closed some of the times. You was know? your breath control? My breath control was actually, I was still in shape back then. I was <laughs> <laughs> right now. I'm like, I'm not in shape, but I'm actually, when I, the tis the season, it's about to be a festival season. So I'm about to get back in my shit. But, um, yeah, my, my breath control was okay. It was cool. Cause I was hooping every day and shit. Yeah. So it was more, I was sweating out of nervousness than anything. Cause I'm like, I never like being in front of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, that just sure. That definitely wasn't my... Th- I like being in front of people like if I didn't have to speak. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll get in front of a bunch of motherfuckers that do the mob because they look at me and I don't have to talk to you and I can fucking <laughs> just wild out and then jump back in the crowd. Oh, Rome did his thing. Who's next type shit? <laughs> but like on some jumping on a stage and everybody's got their eye on you and they're looking at your words and looking yeah. at your manner- mannerisms and shit. And it's like... It was a lot of... When they say perform in front of the mirror do that shit yeah it really does work because you want to know how you look mm-hmm. to the people how do you 
You don't know what you, you don't know. It's like fucking Talladega Nights. I don't know what to do with my hands. What do I do with my hands? Like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm up there doing. You know what I'm saying? Just, do I have my hand in my pocket? I used to have my hand in my pocket. It was weird. Like, I was like, nah, oh, I was man. rapping weird as fuck. So anybody who basically been rocking with me since then, thank you. You're, yeah, you're the seeing, real MVP. <laughs> and seeing video too, I always thought it was extremely helpful. I remember um, going to, you know, being in college and go to, um, what was the, public speaking class, like yeah. oral communications mm-hmm. 101. And I was so scared because I was definitely an introvert kid and you have to prepare something or take a passage from something and like give a speech. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I start playing through an open mic and when it's a different atmosphere, when you have people, um, when people are have their eyes on you and you can make them laugh or, you know, get them pumped or whatever it may be. Something just switched. And obviously it did for you too, to where it became less of a nervous thing. And you still get nervous, but like you felt like, Oh, I'm here to perform. Yeah. I'm I'm here for, it's more of I'm pumped now. Yes. Yeah. And like, especially then when you start seeing people maybe do the lyrics that you're, that you're right. That's when it kicks. Like when you see them performing, you're like, like that blows my fucking mind that you know the words to my shit. Yeah. And then your (laughs) confidence starts to work off of that. And then I think you just become a better performer. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think the funny, weird, awkward shit that you're doing, like hands in your pocket or get in (laughs) front of the fucking mirror and you will see how much of a jackass you look like. Or not moving. Yeah. Oh my God. I hate, (laughs) you're just going to stand there. You're not going to move. Like there's people who are like million dollar, you know what I'm saying? On sign artists right now yes. whose shows suck. Yep. They literally stand there and they literally, they're only, they're, they're banking on their catalog. Hope yep. The songs are good. So mm-hmm. hopefully you, you'll rock with it for a minute, but that crowd is just going to be looking like, what the fuck? Which I think that's a phase that a lot of people go through too. I mean, I, you know, I don't, anytime I see that, I'm like, oh, they just haven't performed a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I even remember seeing Kanye forever ago and it was just, a disaster. It was a, it was a uh, Lollapalooza, but he wasn't he wasn't really doing much. He didn't mm-hmm. have the the swagger and the braggadocious mm-hmm. that he did now. And he's like stopping the performance all the time. And you know, people just weren't getting into it. Yeah. I mean, look at a Jay. Like Jay doesn't he move, move that much, much at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he's very calculated in how he performs. And but and like I, I've seen Jay before yeah. Beyonce, and it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> right. Like he had a big ass banner in the back. He was rapping. He moved his hands a little bit, and but he wasn't running back and forth. You mm-hmm. know, so he wasn't DMX on stage. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But now he's like, you go see a Jay show. It's a fucking it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Pyro and fucking lights. and You got that money. To pay yeah, you for got that, that money. That We're not really tripping off the fact that you're not moving much now. Right. You know what I'm saying? But like, like you have other artists who don't move much and they'll be doing these festivals. Like, you can't do a festival. No. no like, no, no. literally, like you're doing. No. Because you, like, festivals are, they came to jump. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And your ass is just standing there doing the rapper hands. Like, one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. One of the best I ever saw do that was uh, Lupe. Yeah. And Lupe was almost doing fucking acrobatics. Lupe is a performer. Like, hitting massive verticals, hitting correctly. He also had this beautiful drummer. I can't remember what his name was. Uh, coinciding with the DJ and mm-hmm. doing something. So obviously I came from the background of seeing like people like the Roots yep. in small venues and the Roots would always say, um, 
you know, our albums are just tickets to our shows. And once we get you to our show, then we lock you in. Yeah. And so I've always, you know, I always like the live music component. Chance the rapper out uh, when uh, Mo and 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 Ma metal him mm-hmm. <laughs> open for them. Nice. Travis Scott obviously played that show too and had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just something that you have to figure out, yeah. and either it does or it doesn't work to your benefit. Like you say with Jay, he was able to just kind of ride that wave for a yeah. while until his until his bank account was able to fund all right. the rest and of now the production. It's like, I got everything. What you know what I'm saying? But I, <laughs> it's not that many. I don't think like the newer artists. It's not a lot of them. Like, I think they they know that they have to be in shape now. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, they're in the gyms. Like, if you you can just go down your Instagram Instagram and see all your favorite artists that you follow, mm-hmm. they're working out, they're eating right and all this yeah. shit. Like, they know they have to move on stage now. I remember, I remember the first time, um, just like breath control for people that don't really understand what that takes. You know, you can hear it once you have understood what it is and you just see people running out of gas on stage like <laughs> man you can see it you know it and you know it you're like, and the, the crowd knows it because the energy's down yeah they know it you know what I'm saying so run yes <laughs> you know what I'm saying remember, run a lap uh, do a mile you know what I'm saying you I'll, only gotta work out 30 minutes a day just do this shit Outcast uh, infamously used to run laps I, could be, I believe that and, they, they and were, do their verses they were double time. that's what most yeah that's yeah. the that's the Run and rap at the same time. Get yeah. on your treadmill, get on your bike, and rap your verses that while you're pro doing. Pro tip it. for the youngsters. Yeah, that works. That ass, <laughs> it does. So I, you've gotten game today. Get in front of the mirror so you can see what the fuck you look like, and run <laughs> while you're on your bike so you can keep your breath while you're on stage. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, words of wisdom, man. Definitely, especially now because everybody's using the same flow. Everybody's rapping yeah. the same, and it's all double time. So you have to have breath control now. So that's an interesting question too that I wanted to kind of uh, approach is. You know, I was thinking about your your catalog and how you kind of have these. Like, you just dropped dealers too, mm. dope dealers too. Well, no, that was or just that, dealers. That was dealers. D- DLRS. Dealers. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting that confused with de- dope, de- yeah. dope dealers too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what year did one come? Was there just a one came? So basically, my first album was Who the Hell Left the Gate Open, and then Who the Hell Left the Gate Open Two, and then after that, I did an album <laughs> called Trilogy. Trilogy is when I actually started to get my sound. Like, this uh-huh. is me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is when I finally found, this is when people started quoting my lyrics. I was like, okay, this is working. Mm-hmm. Then I hit, hit him with Dope Dealer and that's when it like took off. Like, okay. Did that coincide with um, figuring out that you had something to say? Because like, I feel like early artists are just writing for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have any intention. That's not right. true in every case, obviously. No. But uh when you have something to say, then that connects with the the crowd and the mm. people listening to you. They're like, "Oh shit, he's telling a story." Or if it's you, it's like you don't you don't really front anything. You talk yeah. about your life as yeah. it is. I think um, I think I was talking about things in my life. It was a uh, it was just an issue of putting it together. Mm-hmm. So I, I would stray away sometimes, but when I did, I, I tried it. You know what I'm saying? And like, I tried it. <laughs> so try, like, try you know, what? Tried to like put my life into my music, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like okay. there's some songs like Cup Runneth Over. I think that's off of Who Left the Gate Open too. Like is there's some songs on both of them where I'm like, I really talk about some real shit. And mm-hmm. you can see that I attempted it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you get the gist. You you heard what I said and you know what happened. But as far as making it where it's a uh, clever where people will be like, Oh, that was hard. Yeah. But and that was real. I know what you're talking about. I've been through that type shit where they paid attention to it. That didn't start to a trilogy. That's when they were like that's when they're like, okay, 
I get it. And I've been through that too type shit. Yeah. And so how do you balance that with kind of like the aspirational nature of hip hop or, you know, the sometimes just like the fronting aspect of Mm -hmm. saying like, oh, things are amazing. I've got money. I've got women. I got everything. Yeah. What's your personal perspective on that? My personal perspective, me personally, I don't front Mm -hmm. everything I've, everything I've rapped about. I've had it at some point or have done or still doing. You know what I'm saying? I've never talked about, oh, I'm in the Maybach. I'm doing this. I got the yacht out there. <laughs> I live in a two-bedroom apartment on the south side. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I'm still I'm still getting it out the mud. I still don't get it twisted. I get paid for this. But, you know, I'm just not, I'm not Diddy yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm not Jay yeah. yet. But it's coming, you know? So, um, I, front to, I front to that point, to yeah. only what I've done. Now, as far as basically fronting to where you like, you ain't never did that shit before, teach his own. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, especially now, it's, the the whole industry that everything you hear on the radio is pretty much that like yeah, they course. don't have that shit you know what I'm saying like it's or they fake more, it till you make it's it it's fake it till you make it there's yeah. that you know what I'm saying fake it till you fucking till you make it and um which has something to be said for it too because a lot of the music becomes self fulfilling yeah but at the same time it's like you're lying I think it <laughs> but I I don't want to like I don't want to I don't want to talk bad about those people because mm-hmm. it's like like you said, fake it till you make it. And that's what people want to hear. Not only, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to hear about struggle all the time. If yeah. they, especially if you're trying to make club music right. or music for people to actually jam to, you know what I'm saying? They don't want to hear, you know what I'm saying, your sob story right now. Now, mm-hmm. if you're talking, like if they're in the mood, I want to hear some real shit, you, you have that crowd. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like, you know, making that type of music where people are dancing to and things like that, yeah, you're going to indulge. So are you trying to strike the middle ground between that? I think I've always stayed on them. I think that's always been my goal is to stay on the middle of that. Always mm-hmm. make, even if it was something I was talking about, like on some real shit, the beat was jamming. You yeah. couldn't tell. Like right. I made a song called Three Cell Phones. People just thought I was rapping about three cell phones. Mm-hmm. I was talking about some real shit in that song. Yeah. <laughs> like I was talking about lights being out and people taking care of their daughter type shit. I was like, yeah. but people, were, they didn't give a fuck. They were like, this shit jamming. You know what I'm saying? Well, the hook was... Not, three cell phones like, um, which bitch I'm gonna call <laughs> like how can you <laughs> I don't know if he's talking about some real shit like once they look at it's just the lyrics you know what I'm saying yeah. who uh, who do you look up to or who you think has done a good job at striking that middle ground like somebody like Nas or I think Nas is um, I don't know about Nas because everybody always talks about his production I think mm-hmm. he has great production but it's production that for him type you know what I'm saying and for his crowd that's that you know you're always gonna get something real for Nas yeah. um, and of course he has his you know he has his all I mean it's Nas he, I can't say shit about Nas it's right. fucking easy. I wanna be like Nas uh, <laughs> but it's just like I, as far as like it's a different it, energy it's though. a different energy you know what I'm saying like I don't think I can, even, even me thinking off the top of my head, and I'm please forgive me if I'm forgetting anything that he may have done, but there's not many Nas songs that's being played in the club. But no, I, I don't no. think he's going in for that. Mm-hmm. That's not his thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, you know what I'm saying? And but like you have, like you have a Jay though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he does hit that middle ground. He has those club totally. hits, but he's still spitting that shit. And he said it even he said it before. I believe it was like. He say, sell them the bullshit and then give them the real shit. You know, sell them, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Sell them the bullshit so you can give them the real. That's always been my shit. Okay, here's a, you know, saying jam to, act a fool to, jump around to, mm-hmm. but get this real shit. I got some shit on this album for you, though. <laughs> for real. Like, yeah. So you took, uh, 
after Who Left the Gate Out to what was the one after that? Trilogy. Or, I just completely butchered the title. <laughs> who left who the, the gate? Hell, who the hell left the gate open? Who the hell left the gate open to? I would definitely used that. And what did that mean? It was actually it's um it's if you if you used to watch BET like mm-hmm. they would always have like this gospel commercial <laughs> where they would try to sell this gospel album. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like. Like was it time when like times re- time releases the gospel explosion type shit? <laughs> oh yeah, and, you yeah. know what I'm saying. And like they had this, it always had. They would run this commercial on BT. It would always be <laughs> late as fuck, like during BT uncut type shit. And they would be like, it would be this this if sermon you act now. You it, can- <laughs> but no, do you know they would play excerpts from whatever songs on the album? Mm-hmm. And then like they had this little this sermon from dude I can't remember his name now but he had a sermon he's like something 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 who the hell who the hell left the gate open and I was like nah that's hard whatever this means so I actually went to YouTube found this whole sermon I listened to it first to make sure it's in the right context and I was like uh, I fucks with this I would love to know who that is yeah, I, all you have to do is type in who the hell left the gate open I swear he'll pop up he's probably the first one to pop up and then I'm after him so yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, what did trilogy then represent? Trilogy, uh, I spelled it with two L's because I was I'm, ah, I'm a okay. big UGK fan, man. Yeah. I'm a big UGK fan. So trill, and then the, uh, it was my third album. So mm-hmm. trilogy, it was you know what I'm saying. Um, my homie Shavis did the the cover. He drew it. He colored it. Everything and it came out dope because he's mm-hmm. a great cartoonist, great illustrator. And um, it was I like a lot of people say that was their favorite album of mine. And I'm like, I think I, I like it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I could do it all over again, that would be my first. But like, you know, I, I, I like Dope Dealer One. Dog. That's my shit. Dope Dealer One <laughs> is my favorite. It's always going. It's my favorite until I make my next favorite. Yeah. Even with everything else you've done, I think um, because it's like the wave that ha- like literally when that when that hit, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The way I could feel the like I felt the shift. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like people are start like like it's a trilogy here, peer person here and there. With, I can see them in the crowd, quote my shit. But Dope Dealer was like okay. Everybody's they're here for me. They yeah. didn't just come because so and so is performing before me or after me. They didn't come for these people are here for me. Yeah. It was weird, you know what I'm saying? Like and like and, I would do I do my own shows and they would be I'm here to see Rome. <laughs> and and dope dealers became kind of the you know, the the way you presented yourself to Yeah, man. And uh I love the concept behind that in yeah. terms of just you're dealing dope. Dope vibes, dope music. Exactly. I think the 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 dope part of it was basically being an individual, mm-hmm. selling what the fuck you do. What do yeah. you do? You know what I'm saying? What do you love? Yep. You know. And the dealer part was I sell that. You know what I'm saying? But you're playing on the stereotype of like, exactly. oh, successful young man. Yeah, he must exactly. be a dope dealer. Exactly. So it's like <laughs> I I, I love to answer the question. I did it on purpose. You know, say so yeah. every interview I answer the question. This is what it is. Um, with the merch, I had some issue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some of my uh, some of my fans had an issue because I had like not all of my fans, but some of my f- I guess some of my real dope dealing fans. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They like they fuck with the music heavy. They would they would come to shows. They would buy the albums, but they just couldn't get the merch because they don't want to wear a shirt that they, says dealer because they really were dealing out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I had actually other people who like even approached me, like people who were really cool with me and shit. Mm-hmm. They were like, "You sure you want to do that dope deal?" Like I had people who were who were they were career policemen. Like, I don't know if you want to. And I like, I felt it, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of like, like some things I took off the shirts. Like I, like we were trying to play me and Kevin. We we're trying to play off of, uh, like the 36 OZ. Cause we had mm-hmm. dealers and we had 36. And I was like, put 36 on the back. He's like, what's well, stupid about you? He showed me like, 36 OZ to do this for the ounces. And I was like, okay, I fucks with it. And we gave yeah. it a try. So if you bought that first wave, 
of Dope Dealer shirts. Yours still have OZ on there, but the next wave did not have <laughs> OZ on there because people were getting in trouble. And I was like, let me just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then like, and like now we just we're breaking it down to just the DLRS because I just feel that it's more like it's more marketable. You know what I'm saying? I could put that on a shirt. Mm-hmm. People can wear it without being questioned. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had people who definitely been questioned before they would hit me up like right you know what i'm saying i got you know people trying you know, i understand that so yeah, yeah. so and, we had to well yeah shout out to kevin mccoy oh yeah boy. workplay i hope to have him play. on soon you definitely I do love kevin is cold with it and he is he has hit another gear of his own in the past few years and he's just making some of the most beautiful design work the stuff i'm seeing from him bro it's fantastic it's crazy yeah and he's he's always been involved uh I think, yeah, he, that's when he got involved during Dope Little One. Because uh, uh, he did the DD he album. Did, he did the logo. Um, and he did the he did the font on the actual, it didn't have much of a font, but he mm-hmm. did the Dope Dealer on there. Uh, but uh, but of course, Adrian shot it. Yeah. Yeah. On Dope Dealers 1 and 2? He shot, yeah. Okay. Adrian shot both of those. I only know, and then yeah, of I know two did. very well. Of course, obviously. Kevin, of course <laughs> the, the man himself helped out with Dope Dealer 2. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't do anything. I thought you did something to the picture. Did I? I could have swore you did something to that picture. I thought that was told to me. Maybe. Well, it's on your wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you did something to it. So Adrian was the, the previous podcast. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so if you want to hear about Adrian, just go listen to the last podcast. Man, the goat. 006. Uh, you are probably going to be 007. Turn up. <laughs> only right. It's only right. Uh, which is my favorite number growing Man. up as a kid and 13 because it was so unlucky. Oh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I I have the only known print of Rome's uh, cover. Yeah, and it is a profound photo. It is. Uh, I'll link to it in the uh, podcast notes. So what I'm curious about then, in terms of going from the album of where you started to define your personality, what mm-hmm. you want to talk about, being real, uh, coming up with your own style of even merchandise and things that you want to get out into the public uh, arena. How much of it is you dictating the style of what you want to do versus trying to follow a trend as mm-hmm. well? Because with, like you said, hip hop, six, five, six years is, you know, like 20 yeah. in, in dog years. And like, I feel that there even now has been so many waves of, su- of stuff that have come out in the past three years, you know, mm-hmm. speaking about like Migos and then everybody adopting their flow. Uh, and I feel like it's getting even quicker and quicker with each season, basically. Yeah. Something comes out, it becomes the new thing. People start trying to sound like that. Yeah. So how do you um, separate yourself and pursue what it is you want to do without creating a sound that's just completely whack? Um, I don't listen to a lot of current music when I'm making music. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I'm in album mode, I really don't. Now, when I'm just shooting the shit and rolling out, then I'll, you know, check out whatever, you know what I'm saying? Because I want to be up on the new sounds, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Not particularly the flows of it because everybody writes the same anyway right now. So it's like, and there's not a flow that hasn't been used. And they, they say it's the Migo flow, but I, yeah. I heard it first from 3-6. But <laughs> either way, still, that's what everybody's rapping like right now. Um, so yeah, I just, I try not to like really listen to a lot of current music. Now I do listen to a lot of old music, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm, if I'm in album mode, I'm probably sampling. Sample, yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Or just pulling inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like I use a lot of background singing. I use a lot of singing on my albums. And, uh, if I hear something from Anita or from 
from Aretha or I hear something from Aaliyah or I hear something from Missy. I'm like, that'll be hot mm-hmm. if we do it this way. And I'm like, let me make a phone call to somebody to come in here and do that shit for me. <laughs> but um, So you don't, I, you don't really sample a whole bunch? You try to just create it? No, as far as sampling, I do sample a lot. I sampled okay. a lot. Um, as far as uh, actually make, like when you say using the Migos flow, as far as that's when I'm like, I don't listen to rap, like a lot of rap music. Sure, while yeah. Unless it's something older that's going to inspire me, you know what I'm saying? Not, nothing against the newer, you know what I'm saying? A lot of that shit is definitely inspired. I, the crazy sound, the crazy shit they're coming up with. But I feel that it's just like, I feel like you just have to study your predecessors to be better. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? And if you're next and I'm going to definitely listen to what you have to do in the current time. And basically I'm probably, I'm sure I'm going to take something from that. Cause it, if I thought it was hot, it was hot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, it, rap has always been that we've taken from everybody, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not that much that's fresh as far as making the music. Um, but yeah, I, I listened to my predecessors before I listened to somebody current to get inspiration. Did you anticipate like the trap sound becoming so prevalent in all of hip hop? Um, and for people that, you know, I'm trying to reach out to everybody here, for people that don't understand what trap music is, it's yeah, claimed to have been, uh, in, not invented, but owned by T.I., right? Mm-hmm. I so, mean, as far as, I, I, was, I saw the T.I. wave, like, that shit was crazy, like, you know, and um, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can anticipate anything being as big as it is currently, you know what I'm yeah. saying? When they were first making it, they were just like, that shit hard. Yeah, That right. shit hot, you know what I'm saying? They weren't thinking, oh man, I'm about to be- on setting VH- up a new genre. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be used <laughs> doing the TI family business, you know what I'm saying? Like right. on VH1, like he didn't know all this shit was gonna happen. I'm mm. sure he had a plan and he had a dream and a vision of, I wanna, you know what I'm saying, feed my family, my people around me and make millions of dollars doing this, but- I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody knows they're going to... I don't think anybody knows they're going to be as big as they are. They may... that's They have their vision of what, how big they are, but mm-hmm. I don't know if Jay-Z was or, <laughs> on the block selling co- selling crack yeah. and mossy and thought, oh, you know, I'm going to marry the baddest R&B <laughs> chick in the game and fucking I'm going to own everything and I'm going to be the blueprint of rap. I never... No. I, don't, I doubt he thought that, so... Yeah, I don't think that it, during inspiration, I don't think you're thinking that. But uh, I guess what I'm getting at is like, did you um, did you think that trap music was going to be as uh, all over the place in uh, hip hop as it is today? I thought, I mean, yeah, I, I think so because I saw the shift, you know. Mm-hmm. And plus, I was listening to it anyway before, like, you know, what I'm saying before everybody just got on it because I was listening to. I know it wasn't trap, but I say it was more. I, I say. I say it's more Southern, a Southern feel. Because sure. everybody's just oh, basically w- biting the wave, you know? So it's like, I was listening to Suave House, A-Ball MJG, UGK. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, you know, I was listening to 3-6 Mafia. I was listening to Crime Boss and shit like that, you know? So I was fucking with the South. You yeah. know, No Limit came. I'm like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They dropping album after album. There wasn't a month that went by that you didn't get a No Limit album with about 20 songs on there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like the cash money wave, the early cash money wave, like it just got bigger, bigger. And I was like, I was already listening to it. It's just like, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I figured it would be, you know what I'm saying? It's it's something different about, a, it, it's something different about that's, it, it's, I think it's just embedded in the Southern way, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Having oh, those can, roots and blues and shit, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And jazz, like, I don't think everybody, everybody doesn't listen to straight up jazz, mm-hmm. but they fucking rock with the bass lines, you know what I'm saying? All that shit comes from somewhere, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, everything is- uh, Even young, if they don't know it. Yeah, even if they don't know it. Now, younger you get like, like 
20 and under, yeah, they, they just want a hard-ass 808, and they want to jump around and shit with it, and right. it'd be like four sounds and a beat. They're good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if people who like listen to music 21 and up or get into 25s and more, once you want, like, you appreciate music, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That, those type of bass lines and that type of, those chords, things like that, you appreciate them, and it's going to always, that's the music that stays. Yeah. You know, all the other shit is just microwave, and it's not going to, it's just going to be around, it's, it's viral, it's going to stay for a few months, and they're on to the next, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you make music that actually, like, has and I, soul. Yeah, it has that's soul, you know say. what I'm saying? And I think more, I think people stick around more when they're actually using musicians or at least it sounds even if you're using fruity loops at least you know what the fuck you're playing yeah type shit and like i can't play an instrument right now <laughs> but i know my notes i play by ear and i'm not putting it out until i think it sounds like you know what i'm saying somebody put their hands on this yeah and a lot of early musicians too that are some of the like founding fathers of blues uh and blues guitar they didn't necessarily know they couldn't read sheet music either yeah. and it was all by ear and i played by ear completely and uh, in some ways, I think it's liberating compared to people who have become, who have learned like the classical method mm-hmm. and, and learned to read sheet music. Because it's almost like those those lines and those bars almost, you know, become <laughs> like bars to imprison your mind yeah, and man. how you write music. Yeah. And it's uh, weird because now it's like schools are getting rid of music. Yeah. How is this going to work? And, and PE. You can't, <laughs> get, you can't, you can't, you can't get physical and you ain't doing music. So you're just going to have a bunch of fat musicless motherfuckers in the future just playing fucking Casio keyboard. Like, beep, 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 blah, 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 blah. That's how the music's going to fucking sound. But they're going to be, uh, they're going to be aces when it comes to their STEM test. Man. The science test. Yeah, they, the, oh yeah. English you're going to be fat, but you're going to be smart as fuck. <laughs> it's like, you we're not making the kids run no more. Like, that's weird. Like, there's no... Like, I remember we started off with the recorder, like, the little fucking flute recorder. You're not even doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We all were bad at it, but you at least knew, like. You can't make a good sound come out of a recorder. You can't, can't, but you know what I'm saying? That probably inspired a lot of people, like, I like playing this. What else can I play type shit? You know what I'm saying? That they're they're getting rid of inspiration. I literally just said something yesterday, man, on, uh, I don't even know what, Twitter or something. If I had grown up in today's. Uh, social climate as a kid, yeah. I would have probably been a happier kid. Yeah, but I would have been a less fulfilled adult, like less able to stand on my own, less able to work for myself for the past you know fifteen years, and I I just would have been soft. Yeah, you know, and so like oh there's, yeah, there's there's got to be a balance <laughs> between you know the whole anti bully thing and, and and caring for every single kid. Yeah, and you know, letting, uh, letting them cry it out sometimes, you yeah. know, like letting them fail yeah. and, and saying you failed. You failed. You like know? Everybody, gets tro- everybody gets a trophy now. <laughs> right. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody you try. Gets that you participation. Try. Participation. You try. Participation Participate, trophy. Participation trophy. <laughs> that shit is weak as fuck to me. I'm just, there's winners, there's losers. There is. There is. There's always, you have to know that to get, through life, I think. Like, everybody's not going to win. Completely agree. And if you don't, then what incentive is there for there, you to exactly. become better than the next person? What's, what's driving you to do it better? Yeah. What's driving you to be at the top? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> You're, oh, we're all going to do it anyway. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? No. Well, I think that, uh, I think the time is very interesting right now because I think that people that maybe did have that kind of softer um, childhood are now getting to the point where they're like, oh shit, the world is still real. Yeah. You know, and and I don't know how to function in this because, um, you know, businesses and bosses don't care about my feelings and I'm not going to stand for that. I'm going to 
post on Facebook or social media that my oh, they boss follow sucks. you there too. Yeah, right. they follow you there. Oh, you came back to work. They fired you. Yeah. Oh, yes. see, we saw that. We saw that. <laughs> we saw you getting in your feelings. So yeah, man, you just. It's a little softer, man. It's like, dog, come on, bro. You, you think can't. is that representing the music, or, um, or is it I, a, the is music, it a case of people like they are just fronting even more? As far as like you know, say I, I kind of I appreciate what's going on now because more things are coming to light. Like, because mm-hmm. a lot of motherfuckers was just toxic. It is, is what it is. You, you're wrong. Yes. You're wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, even one of my favorite rappers, Rick Ross, like, he's definitely <laughs> one of my favorite rappers. He had to fucking take that shit back. Yeah. You said you were going to drop some shit in somebody's drink, and she didn't know it. <laughs> that CeeLo. shit's crazy. CeeLo did that shit. Everybody. Yeah. Like, you, like every, you people are, like, I think Wayne had to retract some shit. He said some shit like, whip, whip it, like, I forgot. He said something about whipping some shit like a slave. And he went, of course, of course, you know, it was a play on a bar, but it's like, yeah, people were like, come uh, on, bro. Like, he's like, <laughs> and it's just so much retracting and shit. It's like, I understand. So it puts mm-hmm. us on, it puts you as an artist on your toe. Like, Hey, these people out there with feelings, but it's still like, I guess, you know, I guess in general, that's called wokeness. Yeah. And in, it, it has affected things positively and negatively. Like yeah. no, nobody wants to hang out with, Anybody that hits women or is trying to do anything to I their dreams. I not fuck with you at all. Right. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, how do you still make music that's really hard without having to be offensive to somebody? Yeah. I think that's basically just going in and do what you do. Yeah. You know, don't keep that in your head type shit. To, you, I mean, and then it just comes down to integrity. You know what the fuck's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know yep. it. Yep. You knew that was wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's that's the bottom line of it. You know what's wrong and right. You can still do your shit. You can do your hard shit. You can talk about whatever the fuck you're going to talk about, but you know what's going to make a motherfucker say, you know something, you yeah. was tripping. Yes. You know, so even Eminem. Eminem is fucking, he's rapped about everything under the sun under the sun and he didn't killed everybody all types of fucking (laughs) uh dungeon dungeon fucking like uh torturous type ways you know what i'm saying and but we already knew he we knew well and i think he set maybe some sort of precedence with artistic license and saying like you know like this is theatrical yeah he's like i i like elton john you know even even though i call him you know all the names under the book you know, he's trying to understand a deeper point. Yeah. It's a thin line, though. It's I mean, so thin, especially if you're not a comedian and you're. And and you're that's where it works, right? That's where it will work. But you it know? works because they're saying this is a scenario. You know, this isn't what I think, right? You know, this is a what if, and even obviously the you know the new Chappelle special is way Man. under fire. Yeah, um, but in the same instant, I, I, I heard it uh, was needed. It was needed, and I feel that um, someone was talking to TMZ, uh, one of the guys that used to be on the Chappelle show. I can't remember his name. And uh, he's like, Dave doesn't necessarily believe all this shit just because he's up on stage. He's a yeah. comedian. Yeah. He's saying it as if he believes it, you know, which is a whole other tangent to it that people are just having so much problems understanding. So uh, he's literally probably one of the only people that can do it the way that he does. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know if he, I, I doubt he believe. Like, I think he, because I, th- I think he's always made it. Uh, he's put it out there first beforehand. This is what I like. Even yeah. in, during this special, he was like, "Now, nah, if if you're talking about me, like he yeah. would say this, that, and the other, and make the joke." But then he was like, "But if I'm talking personally, yeah, yeah, then yeah. he will let you know what he believes." Type shit. So it's like, yeah, but you have that. That you have 
time to do that in a you know a stand up special. You know what I'm saying? You could tell them, but in a rap song, it's like, oh, you just gotta. If you're gonna put that type of point across, it mm-hmm. better be. You better have some context. Yeah, it better have some context <laughs> to it because it's hard. Because then you're gonna be doing interviews, explaining yourself, and trying yeah. to retract some shit and that's just is irritating as fuck I could just imagine how irritating that is that just every time you do an interview now now you gotta answer for that one bar yes you know what I'm saying cause you meant it in a certain way but they took it another certain another way and that that happens quite a bit I mean like people are calling out other not, people's lyrics well not as much I, I've never had that issue but I mean it, it's always it's popped up you know and yeah. I, not as much I don't think anymore because people are like they're like shit it's hard to say it I'm sorry like, yeah. I don't like saying I'm sorry to anybody unless I actually did something that's worth saying sorry about, right. you know, and I made a mistake. Um, so I just think they're tired of, and I think anybody, any human just doesn't like sitting up saying I'm sorry all the time. No, not at all. Yeah, so I'm like, all the, after fucking fucking up and then you have to go, you're, you have to go on your press run and now you got to go to Hot 96, you got to go to this radio station, this radio station, go to yeah. Sway, and you have to answer the same question <laughs> and about how you apologize and shit. It's like, what's a... Sorry, no, no, go ahead. I mean, it's just like Kevin Hart when he said that. He he did that Twitter thing with in the Oscars and shit, and he was like, "I don't want to apologize about that. I already apologized." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But people were like, "Did he apologize? I don't know if he actually apologized or not." Yeah, (laughs) if he did, you know what I'm saying? Because I really don't keep up with it. But I mean, if he did, why do I have to do it again? Right. You know what I'm saying? I apologize. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole. Now his new shit, I don't know. He's, he's, he's keeps like I haven't even heard his new shit. I, I, I did some shit on the new LeBron show with Lil Nas X when he was asking. Oh, was, on the Lil Nas X was asking yep. about his uh, he's coming him coming out, mm-hmm. you know, and then like Kevin had chimed in and oh, but shit. he had chimed in like on that. some. It, he chimed in badly. Yeah, you know, people were like, "Why are you chiming in like that?" Like he was asking some crazy. I can't. What'd I don't want to. I don't want to word it because I don't okay. remember. But it was more like, like not like. Somebody in there was asking Lil Nas X, like, hey, why did you wait till you, you know, you're, yeah, you're famous, you're number one to come out? And it was a valid question and he wanted to answer. He's like, mm-hmm. well, this is why I did it. And, but no, before he even answered, uh, Kevin was like, yeah, why did you come out? Because I don't get it. Like, just, you should probably be the last <laughs> person up. to say, Shut you up, Kevin. just got out the fire. <laughs> right. Let that man answer the question and wait till they come up with something else to go yeah. with. Like, you know, you just got to be, I mean, hey, man, you can't. This is a freedom of speech, went, but still, I got to catch that episode. Still, chill the fuck out. <laughs> I mean, I remember when, kind of or kind of not, Tyler came out, uh, the creator. Oh and, yeah, and but I loved how he do, did it because he's like, it don't fucking matter anyway. Yeah, it was on some Eminem shit. He owned it. He did. It was on some. Eminem oh, was shit. that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, he, when he was coming out and he would rap about fucking people and mm-hmm. killing this person and eating roaches in his video <laughs> and shit. I'm like, this is some new Eminem shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He took the, I, I figured, that's what I thought. He took that particular road and it worked. You know what I'm saying? They were going around, they were some young ass kids. Yeah. They were fucking your shit. Young ass kid rock stars. They would come to your set, fuck your shit up and they would leave and you'd be like, those were some crazy ass kids because they were some crazy that's ass kids. they were. They were some skateboarding <laughs> crazy. I don't know any uncrazy skateboard kid <laughs> all the kids i know they'd ride skateboards are usually a pr- pretty crazy yeah and you know it's cool i fucks with it but i mean i do too i thought it was like oh when that came out i'm like holy shit this right. is like another level of offensive man but <laughs> when you put like nine or ten of them together at once and put them in one room like yeah, yeah. they're gonna fuck your shit up well i think <laughs> what was interesting is how they all then started to do their solo efforts and then you you really started to see like they were how good good they, they were. were good 
like the internet <laughs> and Tyler. They're good. And, and, and all of them just like doing their own thing. Like, like even oh, that shit. first Tyler album, I didn't know he played that shit. I didn't right. know he was a producer. This dude is fucking, uh, he's a, he's making scores. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. He's I mean, like really good. His <laughs> piano chops are insane. And I think like, I think he plays by ear too. Yeah. I don't, if he does, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember seeing some videos when all that was coming out and he's like, I, I don't even know what I'm playing, you know, and he's just- And that's crazy. <laughs> which that's is amazing. loony. <laughs> um, so back off that little tangent. Um, right. And we talked about how, you know, the dope dealer's name came about. I think that's really cool. I also understand how you had to scale that back a little bit, get a little bit safer with that so that yeah, man. literally people aren't getting- Scared, Pro- profile, yeah, but they profile rightfully so. Like you have a shirt that says "dealer" on it with thirty six ounces. Right. I have to ask, <laughs> or do you sell? What 30? are you doing, what sir? What are you doing, <laughs> sir? So yeah, well, uh, the whole the whole aspect of saying, you know, do you uh, pay heed to a style just because it's popular? I know that you put out um, kind of more of an R and B influenced EP. Every, yeah, uh, every Valentine's love Day. dope. Yeah. yeah. And so, how many of those have you put out? I put out three. Okay. So, for and the past historically, three the past three Valentine's yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. And man. that's a completely different vibe. Like, that's paying heed to maybe your more R&B mm-hmm. influence that you... It basically caters directly to, to, to ladies. To the ladies, <laughs> man. It is. I mean, it's yeah. like, like I was saying, like, my shows, like, it, um, when I first started rapping, that's what... The first two albums, that's what I was going for, is being in the club. I was mm-hmm. making a lot of songs for the club even though I was had those songs or whatever they was talking about my life whatever but majority of that shit was I'm trying to see if I can get in this club because I would yeah. know DJs personally I would walk in I would have them whatever CD I had they would try it out see if it worked type shit mm-hmm. um, and like that's what I was going for and then like once Trilogy came about like I got more got more into like trying to make another music and shit and then the, the Love Dopes came after Love Dope Dealer 2 Love, Love Dope the first Love Dope and I was just like, dog, people, women would come to my shows. Like, mm-hmm. well, no, that's, I lost my, lost my point. Sorry. So yeah, basically when I first started, <laughs> I would get the club, but then I swapped, kind of swapped. I found a, I found a click of people, you know what I'm yeah. saying? That were rapping, you know, I would do raps with here. Uh, I rap, come fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know who you were, but I was like, fuck it. You know, you're cool. Let's do some rap songs. Um, but then I finally found a click, you know, Tef, Rocky, Tech Supreme, um, that whole squad. And these, they were rapping. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They, you know, bars and, you know, punchlines and shit. And like, they were battling and making this crazy music that I was hearing that I just couldn't hear because I was in the club all the time. They shit wouldn't come in the club. Yeah. You know, but <clears throat> if you go, I would go to one of my day shows and I'd be like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like tech, like Tef, I don't even, I'm trying to think, man. Like I used to see Tef at the, at St. Louis nights, you know, mm-hmm. in the spotlight. Like I would see him out and about with Tech Supreme before I like, even really like heard his music type shit. And like when I, when they finally approached me on some, let's make some music, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? He, uh, he did, um, I think it was money never sleeps. I think that's the one, but he did the whole thing in my crib. And I was like, I fucks with this, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And like, I started to meet more rappers that were right. Like, rapping, yeah. you know what I'm saying? MCs. And, um, that's when the still started getting sharper. That's what trilogy, like, like that's right around when the trilogy, like, after I started doing songs with them and mm-hmm. I saw that I was not that guy mm-hmm. on the song, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to step my shit up. 
that's how Trilogy came about. That's when the bars got better. Start playing with better people. Start playing mm. with better. That's it. I was yeah. in the sandbox with better, better, you know, recess players. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So um, that's when the, that's when the shifted. And then like the shows though, I would go to their shows and it would be, it would be women there, you know what I'm saying? But it would be more dudes, you know what I'm saying? Because I guess I think that's more harder bars, more harder music, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure. You're going to attract a harder crowd. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then I was like, man, I like women at my shows though, man. You know what I'm saying? So I started like making a lot of, every time, every album, I, every project, no matter what, I would always have songs for women. Even from the first album, I always had songs for women and they were the ones, they were coming to my shows. They were actually by the most. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, Love Dope. <laughs> that's easy. That's easy. So made Love Dope and it was a successful one. So I was like, fuck it, let's do it every year. So when you are performing live then, mm -hmm. and I've, said this before and I've told many people this that I think when you're one of the best hip hop performers Man, in I appreciate the city. It, Thank you, bro. You uh specifically it hit me I'd seen you a few times, but it hit me at three one four day. Oh man, that was uh, shout out was to it? Franco, shout out to C V. Three years ago? That would have to be three years ago. Oh my God. And quite frankly, nobody had the crowd like you. Hey, man. That and was a good night. I was blown away because I I don't know where I had seen you prior, but it was just that night and that uh, atmosphere, and people were just ready for you. Man. And you just got the crowd jumping. And then, you know, how do you choose which music to weave in? Is it part of, um, you know, are, do you have your stage show set up before you go on? It depends on what type of show it is. Like, mm -hmm. that particular show... Energy. I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I've been booked for shows where I'm like, they book me for some shit. It's more, it's more of a... A tr like they're not really they want to they want to kick it you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying they want to dance they want to jump up and down whatever so I have the I'll make a set for that but if I don't know what type of set it is yeah I'll just bring my whole flash drive with all my show <laughs> all my recent show versions on there and I'm like you know what I'm saying I could pick and choose from whatever you know what I'm sure. saying like like I did like like I'll do a show for track started DJ mm -hmm. you know I know that he, he DJs for Run the Jewels. Yep. Yeah. So I need to bring my my bars. I need to bring I need to bring that particular energy. Yeah. So those are the songs I'm bringing with me. You know what I'm saying? And like for three one four day, it was up in the air. I didn't really know how I wanted to come with it until I got there. When I got there, I was like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I know what I'm doing in here. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So everybody was in there kicking it, and it it three one four day, man. It's a it's a vibe, man. It, it's yeah. weird, like I. I don't understand. Like the city literally is proud of itself on that day. Like they proud of everything St. Louis on that yeah, day. Yeah, it's interesting because it almost started like a joke. It, right? it did. It was <laughs> like I don't. I think uh, the home. I think the homie. Um, dang. I think Young Dip started it. Mm -hmm. He was from the radio station. He started three on four day, and um, but like I had never like they was always like on their timeline whether whatever social media we were using at the time. Yeah, we're meeting up for three on four day down at the Arch, or we're doing this, or everybody's ordering their emos and everybody's ordering this, you know what I'm saying? They doing they, whatever 314 day may be, whatever is 314-ish. But like, I, the funny, the funniest thing is, is that I remember Pie Pizza doing it when they first had their first uh, pizza joint up in the loop mm -hmm. prior to giving Obama pizza. And they used to have a 314 day and it was just me pretty much hanging out with Chris, the owner. And it was just, oh, isn't this funny? Because Pie... Mm, you know the symbol pies three one four and the area mm -hmm. codes three one four and like you know I that was forever ago now and uh, and then I started just seeing it come around more and more and like you know I that's probably a lot of things actually with social media yeah. things that start off as just clever little jokes yeah. have grown into 
Yeah, I, I remember Young Dip, he had started it and it just grew to where it, the whole city is like, it's three on four a day. We doing yeah. everything, no matter what it is, we doing everything in St. Louis today. Like, and now I'm like seeing events where they just like, they make an event like, Mm-hmm. They'll have a bunch of vendors in one particular space. Like yep. you can come and support local businesses today, which is badass. It's badass. I'm, I fucks with that. Yeah, like, I mean that's the only way. I, the only way to stimulate the economy, you know what I'm saying, is basically supporting your local whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I fucks with that heavy. But that night was dope, man. Everybody was in there. Emos was everywhere. Everybody had they had a free bag of Red Hot Ripplets and Vest Soda was on deck. Vest was in the building. And it was just like it was it was good performances, man. And then like I just got on up there, man. They were I think they were lit, man, already. <laughs> and um I just tried to make sure I did some shit, some dope shit that they would knew already. Uh, I don't even think I did any new songs that night. I just did some I just went up there and did some dope shit. And it just so happened they knew the shit and we kicked it. And they asked for an encore, which was dope. So it was cool. Yes. Let's uh let's talk about your latest album. Oh man, De- uh, dealers. Um I'm not going to stunt. I did that shit in two days. Um, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I did. I did it all in two days. What? I record. It was like, it's like maybe it's two songs on there that I already had. Um, Adidas, you've heard. I had yeah. that for a while. And I was like, where am I going to put this? So <laughs> bonus track. There you go. Um, and then. Is it because you are trying to come up with a narrative for the album and like saying, okay, how does this. How does this stylistically fit with everything else that I've done? Mm-hmm. Well, I had that song since Dope Dealer 2. Yeah. I've had that song for a while. And so it was like, it, it was like, I just never knew what to do with it. You know, there's some random ass song, me rapping about me being the guy, <laughs> the guy, the man, and on some braggadocio rap shit, and I'm rapping about Adidas, and it's like, okay, I got more stripes <laughs> than Adidas, and I'm just saying it over and over again. So it's just like, fuck it people liked it when I let them hear it so I just threw it on as a bonus track it wasn't even really a part of the album but you yeah. know here you go and then like uh, the other so what song, was the concept then for the album like and how did you come up with okay this is what Dealers is going to be right it wasn't and not as far as I guess more it wasn't really a concept it just didn't I don't think it felt sonically and I say gotcha. sonically but yeah. it didn't fit sonically you know what I'm saying because it was really it was over it was produced at a different time it was produced that and then it was just over aggressive you know what yeah. I'm saying and this the whole album is kind of lay it's kind of chill yeah, yeah, yeah um that and um what is number two sacrifice yeah I did that a while I did that in Atlanta um months ago before that but uh, other than that, everything else, I did it on the spot. It was my birthday, and I wanted mm-hmm. to put out something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I always like putting out just random songs on my birthday. So you did it two days before your birthday? Yeah, man. Are I did. I recorded me? them all. Two, yeah, I recorded them all. Every how, song, many, how many of the songs did you have ready? Um, the beats were ready. Okay. I just picked the beats at random. That you had um, already made? That I already made. Like, oh, uh, wow. I'll use that, I'll use that, I'll use that. But the songs themselves, I had sat down. Like I had two off days and I like sit there and that I, is insane every time I recorded a song, I recorded it, go to next, go to next. And then once I was done with all of them, well, there's I, a couple of features on it too, though, isn't there? There is. I got them in there. <laughs> <laughs> I got them in there. Like, well, the, the sacrifices joint, like I said, I've had that for months and that had a feature. Uh, Adidas, I had that for a couple of years that had a sure. feature. Um, it's 10 tracks. I think it was 10. With Adidas. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, um, that Mary joint. Nope, that was that was two days. I got that from Vega. That same two days. Uh, the song that I got was "Say No," um, where we kind of did this thing called to the, it was like to the left, to the left, and like I, we had came up with that hook, mm-hmm. like because he had played the beat for me actually. So that's one of them. Yeah, I had that hook from him for a while, mm-hmm. and actually it was his song. <laughs> it was his song. So it was three songs that I had have had for a while. So he had that song, and I did. I we came up with the hook, 
And I thought it was going to be on his album. He didn't drop it. I was like, what are you doing with this? And he's like, oh, man, that's you if you want it. Cool. So I, I recorded my verse within that two days. So yeah, it still was done within that two days. And you didn't have any of the lyrics written or you just had stuff on pads? Or? I've been lately, um, I've been getting into my, like, I've been like, I got this thing, it's called the eyeball where you basically put it over your mic and you can rec- you can record without having, actually having a booth now. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and wow. like, yeah. Like a lot wait, of people. Wait, what is it? A microphone attachment? It's like, it's an attachment. It's basically this, the little cover, uh-huh. but you put it over your actual, your, your condenser mic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's supposed to be, it's similar to the padding that they have in, you know what I'm saying? No in, doubt. In, in the booth, but it's just around the mic. Yeah. And it's pretty much airtight. Nothing's getting in there. No, and you can rap in a sh- like I have shallow ass walls, so it's like <laughs> you can't you can't hear none of that shit now. Yeah, so like, every time you post um, to your story about producing music, I'm like, how are his neighbors handling? This? <laughs> I have great neighbors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I know when they come and go, so I try to keep that. And oh, then I, of course, cool. I have great earphones, so I throw those on too. If they're not, if they're, you know yeah. what I'm saying? if it gets too late, I'll just throw my earphones on. Um, but yeah, I got that that eyeball now, so now I'm like. Uh, I stay right in front of the computer and mm-hmm. I record myself. I can press it, click, click, click. I can fuck up and do it over. So I've been getting into like a bag where I'm like, I'm coming up on this shit on the spot. You know wow. what I'm saying? And um, Just and writing then, it then, right there and then? Right. Are either, you writing it down or not? Sometimes I'm not. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, let's punch that in. You know what I'm saying? So it makes it, it, it's fascinating. I, it it definitely <laughs> helps with the creative part. Cause like at one point before I got that, mm-hmm. before that was, that came out, I was running back and forth to the booth. Mm-hmm. I would run back. I'd fuck oh, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. come out the closet, restart it over. And that was some irritating shit. Like dope dealer one, dope dealer two. That's what you got. You got yeah. me running in and out of the closet, recording myself, no engineer. Um, but now like dealers, I got to sit there. I, you know, I fuck up and it just helps. It's like, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, and it, you think it really affected the overall feel of the it album? It does. It does, man. Like, cause you're not, you're not pressured with that. Damn, now I got to run out here. And f- did I fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to play engineer. You know, now I can play engineer after, you know what I'm saying? Cause mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. control Z. Okay. Start over. You know That's what I'm saying? Fascinating. Yeah, man. So like I just did that and, um, and it came out dope. I think it came out hard. People are fucking with it. Did you even like uh, in, I know you're a, a pretty steady promoter mm-hmm. of your own, <laughs> of no, your man, own yeah. music. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And, uh, um, did you even like, mention that that you did that in such a short amount of time no i just think that again you want the music to stand on its own yeah. regardless but that's such an interesting fact yeah, that man. you two days put it out i that did quick. that i started on july 23rd oh my god i started God. doing the raps and shit we put i put that shit out and people are gravitating to it man and like right now i'm uh but i i still write don't get mm-hmm. it fucked up like i still write but i'm like i still write i write when i'm at the mic now and it, it still is different, you know what uh-huh. I'm saying? Because I'm coming off straight inspiration. Like, I just thought of this. But now I can like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it depends on what type of song I'm doing. Like, like there's a song on there called uh, Problems. Uh-huh. I didn't write none of that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was straight off the top of the head. Like, whatever I thought, if it meant, and then like, it, it just came out clever as dope, as dope as fuck. And then there's songs like the intro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would write some of the bars, you know what I'm saying? But I would write right then and there. It's still like I'm thinking it right then and there. I'll write it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I re- quote it. You know, what I'm saying if it it depends on what it is. Like those type of songs, like problems, those are easy to make. I made that beat in like ten minutes, and I made that song in probably twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like, yeah, bounce that ass, great. Okay, here you go, <laughs> bounce that ass in the oval. Some, you know, make it bounce like a pogo. That's easy. You know, what I'm saying. But if I'm getting into some like bars where I'm actually talking about some shit, you know, like yeah, like receipts, like that's I wrote that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I fuck like that was I was rapping about some shit. I was rapping about some shit that was going on with me right that particular and you know. When you um when you when you're listening to music, what or new music specifically, what stands out to you first? Because I have this idea that and I don't know why this mm-hmm. isn't any kind of sexist shit. It's just that I think guys listen to the melody and the beat, and I feel like women listen to the lyrics. Because every time I've ever been like, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend will be like, oh, the one that's, you know, she starts saying the lyrics. I'm like, mm. I haven't even listened to the lyrics yet <laughs> because I'm just focused on the beat and yeah. the music behind it. Yeah. I think now, especially in this, right now in this era of hip hop, basically, I think production is is the heavy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you had your Eric B and Rakim. Rakim was in the front, yeah. even though Eric B was the first name on the group. But the rapper was that, well, the DJ back then was that guy. You know what I'm saying? And then it switched to the guy is the rapper. Yeah. And now it switched to the guy is the producer. Who who yeah. produced this? Oh, Metro so, Boomin? I know that's going to be hard. Yeah. 808 Mafia? Okay. Ninth Wonder, whoever. That's so, interesting. So now it's like, yeah, the beat is catching you first. Yeah. You know, you have to make sure it's a bop. Is it jamming? Do they want to listen to this? Mm-hmm. Now can they listen to your message over it? Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as women, man, like I think they're, I think they're, the best consumers of music. They're the greatest consumers of music. You know what I'm saying? Like dudes aren't going to the show unless women are there. Dudes aren't <laughs> going to your party unless women are there. Women buy the music, women buy the merch, women will, women will tell their friends about it. Women will definitely repost you. Like I, I definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah. I wonder if it's, you know, I wonder if that's because like maybe guys are jealous I don't know, man. I just think that women, you know what I'm saying, they always had that ear, man. They always pay attention to detail, and that's just them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We just like, man, this shit is hard as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, this beat is, okay, what's he rapping about? Oh, yeah, he can rap too, you know what I'm saying? But like, I, I think, that, and that's, I think a lot, a lot of the industry now, especially now on the radio, like, as far as making a hit, mm-hmm. they, they focus on that beat, and they definitely focus on the, the super repetitive-ass hook, you know what I'm saying, to catch to catch people, but to really catch women too, because they know they're going to sing that hook. That's why it's always it's always like driven on some you know sh- dance or shake something. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If you listen to the radio, which I don't listen too much anymore, but when you do listen, it's always shake something or you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like so they are they are catering to women sort of, but they're catering to you know to the I don't know how to even to, to word that shit, man. It's just like they're catering to. I don't like the way they're catering into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it, there's a there's a there's a lane for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's room for everything. You know what I'm saying? If it's good, it's good. It is what it is. Um, it's been a while since I listened to the radio though, because it's just like it's the same music over and over again. Plus, it's like damn near 15 minutes of fucking commercials before you can hear a song. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that uh, still need the radio though. Don't get it twisted. Right. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm still amazed at how much traditional media still does influence. Um, it's weird especially because I don't have TV and I don't really listen to the radio you know and uh, it's just it's mind blowing to me having been involved with you know uh, traditional media recently I was like Jesus Christ like even (laughs) TV I don't have cable no I have a fire stick that I pay I got my Amazon Prime account and I'm like 
I'm, it's, a, it's I'm like, streaming everything. It's a choice too. It's it is. like, I don't, I don't ever want to watch cable television. I, I, there's nothing there for me to see. It's I can an watch old e- school it's mentality dead. to me, honestly. It and it's like, I get my news from, uh, Twitter and Reddit. And you can, <laughs> you really can. Like, even when I did have cable, it's like, all I'm watching is fucking ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't watch anything on here. You're no, not showing. I mean, and I got to hope you're showing something I want to see tonight. Like, yeah, oh, no. I was on Comedy Central. Shout out to streaming. Please. MTV. Yeah, MTV. Oh <laughs> yeah, all that, man. Back in the day. Um, I do think, day. Uh, yeah, we sound old as we, shit. Did it? I told you like, like I'm, we're not even old. This is weird, man, because shit is like so accelerated now and it's the microwave era. It it's is, like, and there's so many different micro genres of different weird. things going on. There's a, a taste for everybody that has the weirdest taste in the world. It is. For better and for worse, it I is. think. Like when we shot the Loose Lips video, I don't know if I told you that, or like uh, Jordan, who's in the video, the kid mm-hmm. in the video, you oh, know, you told me this. This is a good yeah. story. <laughs> there was a landline. Like, they basically <laughs> built a set. It looked like the fucking Wonder Years basement or some shit. It was cool. You know what I'm saying? They had all this retro shit. They had the, the cat with the clock. You know what I'm saying? With the, with I'll the, link to it. Yeah. For sure. And, um, but basically, like, there was a landline phone, one of them old school landlines, like, like 70s or 80s at, like, with the light. Yeah, rotary dial? No, it was a straight button. It wasn't oh, a rotary. Button. It was a button. <laughs> but uh, he picked it up. He was like, Hey, what's this? And we were all looking like, <laughs> and what was he? Like eight? Yeah, he's not even ten. Okay. So he was like, "What is this?" And we we're all looking around like, and we we're like, "It's a phone." He's like, "How do you hang it up?" And we were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Everybody was like, "Damn, we're old." <laughs> this man has never seen a landline phone, and he doesn't know where the term "hang up" even came from. <laughs> and we were like, "This is how you hang it up," and we hung it up. You have to hang it up physically he was like that's weird <laughs> i was like it is <laughs> it is but it's also you know i think what i have noticed is that everything is so cyclical and you know if you look back into the 90s and what oldies were considered yeah that was only like 20 years prior yeah and so now we're going through that same idea of like oh this is old old school yeah. music like what? It is. Like, yeah. I was a teenager, bro. You know how many people call me OG now? I'm like, I just started rapping like five years ago, but it's cool. I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was at well, I because went to- every it it regardless, everything comes back in fashion. Yeah, at least once or twice. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird though, because like I've I've never been that guy to yeah. be like, oh man, I used to listen to you, dog. You helped me get you, man. This you the reason I was. I'm getting those people coming up to me like, I, you That's know, crazy. when I heard so and so, man, that made me want to do. I was like, for real? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, am I there? I like, let me. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad to inspire, but it's like I've gotten to that point where like people are approaching me like it's flattering and it's flattering and, and it's like, weird. What? Like you really listened to that and that made you rap? You just ruined my night. <laughs> not even it, nah. It usually it makes my night. I actually was like that's dope as fuck. But I was just like it just blows my mind every single cool. time. Like that's weird. That's cool. That is so weird. So I'll take it, man. Well, I think um, this last album really does blend kind of all aspects of Rome. Yeah, man. And um, you know, I think you know, there's got to be some kind of sound that is not necessarily middle ground, but just maybe a perfection of what the ladies like and what the guys like. It is. And I can tell that you're kind of going for that in this last release. I think it's really interesting to hear yeah. uh, that, you know, I haven't heard the Gates albums. Or, uh, you can, Kaz, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to hear them unless you really want to hear some early, 
Some, yeah, I wouldn't suggest it, but yeah. Start at Trilogy. That's a good start. Even Dope Dealer 1 is a great start. And I know that um, you have been getting a lot of attention out of state now. Yeah, man. Different regions, uh, Atlanta, New York. Um, tell me what's, what's that like, where you go to a place where you're not well-known, and you're like, oh, I'm bringing my culture with me. I'm bringing you know, my people, my genre, my following. Yeah, How do you express that to people that don't necessarily know you, like when you're going on these radio shows? I think, you know, when they say, oh, if you make it here, you make it anywhere. I think that's really some St. Louis shit. Like if you can do whatever you do here and be successful, Mm -hmm. you for sure can do it anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like those interviews or whatever, it's no different than it's an interview. You know what I'm saying? And interviews, interviews themselves are just comfortability. Like, you know, how many you just gonna have to keep doing them shits till you're comfortable with them. And hopefully whoever you're talking to, they're cool. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. not an asshole because, you know, somebody's going to try to test I'm you. so sorry. That's not you, Kat. <laughs> like, sometimes, you know, you're going to get those people that are looking, especially now, they're looking for... Agendas? Yeah, you know, yeah. clickbait and shit. They want to, like... Like, St. Louis isn't shit and I'm going to prove it with this interview. Exactly, type <laughs> shit. So, you know, but interviews are easy, but, like, going out there and actually performing in front of a, a foreign crowd that's never mm. seen you before type shit, you know... Man, if you can do it successfully in St. Louis, I promise you could do it anywhere. Yeah. If you can jump on a stage and make people fuck with you, not just stare at you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because I've been places like, I remember my first time I performed in Atlanta, I was weirded out. Like, I didn't know if they fucked with me or not. Because <laughs> they were like, they weren't like leaving, but they weren't like doing anything. <laughs> they were just like staring at me. It was weird. You know what I'm saying? So... And this that's is funny re- because I feel like that's a critique of St. Louis crowds, it, right? Mm, St. Louis will when walk you away from your ass. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this is some bullshit and they will go get their drink. I promise they will. <laughs> that's why I said, man, they are like, this is the, if you get on any stage in St. Louis and you haven't done this before, yeah. it's going to be the Apollo. Like they're that- going, they may not boo you, but they definitely going to walk away. Like I ain't fucking with this. Can't tell you how many concerts I've been to in all genres at a certain level to where you're not going to a big stage like the pageant, but like, you know, a smaller venue. And the artist will be um kind of like dumbstruck, like, feel free to applause. <laughs> and like I remember going to shows and, and being like If you have to ask for applause, <laughs> bro, you're bombing. I'm like, feel free to make us applause. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then St. Louis will talk over your show. They will be, they, they, even if they don't leave, yeah. because it may be packed in there because they came to see somebody else, but if you're up there bullshit, if you're up there bombing, they'll just talk to their friend next to you while you're on stage. I've literally, I remember uh, Cicero's, because it's not, they don't have a stage. Well, Cicero's is not Cicero's anymore. It's not, it's not But anything. they used to have a stage in the back. And like, I've literally been in the back. I would sit in the back you know, mm-hmm. on purpose just to see how the crowd's going. And I would literally watch them like packed house and they would sit like girls would be like front stage oh, with yeah. you, and they would be talking to their friend while you're, and you, this is a small venue. Yeah. So I'm, they're literally hand reach away from you yes. and they're like talking to their partner while you up there rapping your heart out yeah. and they like, <laughs> fuck your song. I've got to talk about what happened today with my homie. So if you're not doing your thing, man, in St. Louis, they will let you know. But if you are, you could take that shit on the road, bro. I yeah. promise you can. Because I've done, I remember my, like I said, in Atlanta, they were like, my first time there, I didn't understand it. They were like, they were they were more observing. Mm-hmm. They weren't like, they didn't fuck with it. They were just like, what's going on? I've never seen this dude. I've never heard this music like this type shit. And then I'll get off stage. I'm thinking I fucked up. Yeah. And my manager will be like, man, you, I'm telling you, you, you good. 
And I'm like, man, I don't know, man. They wasn't <laughs> fucking with it. And then I'll come out after, you know what I'm saying, cooling off. And they'll, bro, where can I find your shit? Where wow. you didn't say, where can I, you didn't say your, you didn't stay where to find this? Where, like, it was, it was weird. Like, even New York did that too. And New York will definitely not fuck with you if they're not fucking yeah, with mean, you. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's where the phrase comes man, from. Man, that's where if it comes. you come, can make it there. Exactly. That's it where it anyway. came from. And my first show in New York, man, they actually, they, they didn't even do the Atlanta thing. They actually fucked with me heavy. They actually participated the whole night. So, yeah, man, you do, you could do it here well. I promise you could do whatever you're doing anywhere else and it's going to work. Yeah, it'd be interesting to even like kind of uh, diagram that or, you know, because Atlanta is in its place and people are, you know, from there and stay there. New York is is the melting pot. Mm-hmm. People are from everywhere. Yes, they are. Except New York most of the time. It uh, is weird, yeah. And LA. And um, and so it's interesting to see that like, oh, they were moving around the New York show. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta show, they're like a little suspect, but then they were feeling it and they came up afterwards to, and like, to I connect. I fucked with that. And it was weird because like- It's an interesting I, th- dynamic. It's, yeah, man. Yeah. I would come my phone. I'm like, Damn, I just got hella followers and they're all in the room. <laughs> I just didn't know they didn't. They they actually did fuck with the music type shit. So the more frequently I came out there, the more people started getting adjusted and people were like who actually were becoming fans of my shit would come out. And I think that's where fans are made. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. think you can make a fan just putting that shit out the stream. Like you have to get in front of those people and give them some energy. Talk to me about um about promotion because I know that you're constantly promoting, yeah. getting your shit out there. What about the idea also of some people that kind of go, you know, AWOL for a little while or MIA and they're just kind of like, whoop, and they disappear and then they come back up. Yeah. Because um, I think that there's a benefit to not, I think to me, I, I feel that the, for, you know, people that are at the level that you are and that have a lot of opportunity ahead of you, a lot of connections being made, you don't want to get forgotten. And at the same time, it's like you don't want to oversaturate people either. And and you want to like kind of focus on putting your energy into something. So I don't know, where where do you feel that you strike that balance between like keeping yourself top of mind with your followers and your fans versus I'm gonna I'm gonna go down for a little bit and then yeah. pop out and just blow everybody away. Um <laughs> I'm a little different with my like I think um hmm. I just I, I make music when I want to make it mm-hmm. and I put I make music pretty much constantly but as far as putting it out I won't put it out unless I feel I have something to say or something I feel like people will fuck with yeah. you know what I'm saying like I, right now I have a, a campaign going called Cash for Dope mm-hmm. where basically I'm letting my fans if you really fuck with me I'm put, I, I'll put out a project before I like the Love Dope 3 before mm-hmm. I put out Love Dope 3 I put it out as Cash for Dope where basically if you send me $5 or whatever you want more than that, I would send you the album directly and you'd have it before it even goes up anywhere. Oh, that's so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would like direct from, from me to fan type I shit. I love that. Yeah, man. That's my new cash for dope. Cash Looks for, for dope. Cash for dope. Is it? Um, well, I think that's super interesting because uh, all artists now have to figure out ways to yeah. make their music um, something special. They do. And so it's, I think it's, uh, Nat, I think it makes a lot of sense that you're withholding it and saying, if you really fuck with me, mm-hmm. give me, you know, hook, send me some kind of reach out, mm-hmm. X amount of dollars, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and I will send it to you. You can have it before it even comes out. That was, so, That's cool. So they would get the, they would get, they would get Love Dope a month before Valentine's Day. Yeah. They were had, they awesome. had it. And believe it, it was awesome. I pay a lot of bills with that. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> but uh, that's the campaign, man. And like, I, I kind of like, I, like you were saying, I slid, I like, 
kind of like dipped out of the for a minute, but I'm back on it. So expect that new cash for dope coming soon. And like, basically it, it, I think that's the biggest, that's the hardest thing is like, mm-hmm. it's, is okay. Now you have all the means in the world, yeah. you know, from the, the internet gave you all of the means in the world to make this happen for yourself. Now, <laughs> how do you get it from your fucking laptop yep. to their fucking phone yeah. where they want to listen to it? And that is the code to crack. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So and there's I, so many different ways to do that. And I feel like hip hop has been the most inventive. We have to, you have to be. Yeah. You have to be. Cause it's like, it's so much. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Even if you are signed, all the, the sign artists is, is cluttered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like totally. what we had post Malone and like four other artists just dropped the past weekend. It's like, okay, yeah. I, I so can't, it's, it's too much any music. kind of content right now. Hmm? It, it, there's so much content in it's, general. It's so much. So it's just like, I was watching a Ryan Leslie interview and I love his interviews because he's so intelligent with the shit as far as, and he's real big on from straight to the, you know, the consumer type shit. And it's just like, you just got to focus on your people because I think that's what everybody is like as far as chasing this music, you know what I'm saying? When they first start or they're trying to figure out how to, they want to go platinum, they want to go go, man, focus on who likes your shit. Yeah. If you have 2,000 people that like your music, Mm -hmm. like they are fans, Mm -hmm. You can you can you can, you can live <laughs> you can live a life you know what I'm saying. Well, what did uh what was the infamous thing that Nipsey did? Uh, he did the hundred. He did the pay uh, proud to pay yeah. where he did the hundred dollar mixtape. That's and right. they his fans paid that hundred dollars. And didn't uh, and Jay Z bought yeah, a thousand? He bought, or he bought, I think he bought a hundred. So or a hundred. Yeah. Okay. I can't. I couldn't remember. I knew yeah. it was something. Just I think it was. Yeah. I think it was a hundred. Um. It basically spent like ten grand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying on the albums and shit type shit and. That's you know that's 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 what you have to do. You have to like like what was it Mike Jones? How did Mike Jones get on? This is like back in the day. Well, yeah, I could say back in the day, but it was like <laughs> maybe a few. But back, Mike Jones, who's Mike Jones, he, Mike, who's Mike Jones? <laughs> my, who he would say this? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Look that up. Who's Mike Jones? <laughs> uh, but like he like he wrote songs for he went he used to go to a strip club. He was broke. He trying to get on. He's yeah. like, how can I? He had to think. He don't yeah. have no money. How can I promote this? How can I make this happen? Cutting. I'm going to make rap songs for the strippers yep. for that particular stripper. Yeah. What's your name? I'm gonna make a song for you if, you if you dance to it. She's like, if it's hot, I'll dance to it. They would like it and they would dance to it. Mike Jones is getting known in the strip club from strippers dancing to personalized songs he would make for strippers. <laughs> That's just crazy it's to me. Brilliant it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's fucking yeah. brilliant. You like, know what I'm thinking about is Hustle and Flow, uh, the oh. movie with Terrence. Yeah. Um, I forget his last name. Terrence, Mar- uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yeah. And uh, I said Terrence Martin. But, yeah. If people haven't seen that, especially younger people, that is uh, brilliant. That is, that's it. I mean, that, that was education for probably a whole era yeah. of people coming into music. Because that was, that's how it actually was. Now yeah. it's like different because of course he, he was trying to get on. He's like, he's trying to get signed and shit, but that's not even the wave anymore. It's mm-hmm. about, you you want to own everything now. Yep. So it's like now I just want to get straight to the consumer. I don't the middleman is the label now. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I would sign a label deal if it made sense. You know what I'm saying? But if it doesn't make sense, what's the purpose? You know what I'm saying? If I can make the same amount of money, yeah. And I don't have to give up so much of this. I don't have to give up And you build it as you go. You know, it's not like so many artists have been over um examined and oversaturated yeah. and people were just, you know, immediately a light shine on them and then they're done yeah. and they're like fuck what do yeah. I do now it, and it if you just steadily sense. grow 
with your fan base. I think that that's such a more empowering way to do it, especially through like the merch that you do too. I think it, you do it, you do it methodically. You know what you're doing. You're trying to build a vibe. Yeah, with whatever Rome's brand is. Yeah, man. We need to do a snake bite, a snake bite collab. <laughs> I would love a snake bite collab. Dope dealer snake bite. I think yeah. that would be dope. I do too. I think we should make that happen. <laughs> I'm dead ass. But it's just uh, trying these things out, and then also, you know, just not trying to get that hit. Uh, trying to get that hit. I mean, let's be frank. Mm-hmm. But also um, catering to the people that have supported you. Yeah and building a community behind whatever it is you do, whether it is music or bottle opener or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you're doing. Um, and so I just, I, we are in this very interesting time and I I, I think you uh, do very well with it. I, I think you're it, able to market your music and get it out there and get it to the right people. And when I say market, I don't mean that like um, coldly. Yeah. You know, I, say, I, I just mean that like, you're just trying to make yourself get known it's, more and more to a greater number not, of people every day. Don't get me wrong. I, we all, I've, I've taken, I've, and I always say that I take the buckshot approach because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm throwing something up against the wall to something hit. Don't, I definitely was on Facebook spamming you. I've done that. We, <laughs> well, everybody we, did. Everybody did it. Yeah. And like, after a while you're like, damn, I am bothering people. You know what I'm saying? Like these are strangers. They don't give a fuck about my music. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, like I said, when I, once I saw more interviews with like Ryan Leslie and things like that mm-hmm. and more interviews <clears throat> with other on rap, on, other on a, artists, they would always keep saying the same thing, you know, cater to your audience, cater to your audience. And I'm like, why am I catering to this motherfucker who don't know me, don't care, yep. and if they saw my post on their timeline, they'd probably delete it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? I don't even know you. You're just another rapper. You my know? friend um, who I interviewed, who I haven't released his podcast yet, uh, he told me this line, and his dad was um, grown up in Africa, and just really stood out from the rest of the people that he grew up with, like his right. peers and everybody. And he had this line, he said, man, the more my dad kept being himself, just yeah. this weird guy, you know, he, Preach it, he, he was like learning European languages in Africa. He started up a boxing gym. He started doing entrepreneurial things. And people were like, what the, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? You know, what are you doing? That's him. And the more his father was unapologetically himself, the more successful he became. And, and I, I think, think that that's just something that we do as we get older. Yeah. We try to become more and more ourselves. The mm-hmm. things that made us weird as kids is what make us cool now. I didn't come up with that. Yeah. But like those things that you inf- were influenced by or that affected you, you regurgitate that and, it, and it's who you are now. Yeah, man. It's Especially now, man. You got to think like when we came up on this rap shit, man, you had to be hard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if Or if you weren't hard, you didn't act like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because... You gonna somebody's gonna approach you like and test you like people used to get beat up you know what I'm yeah, saying yeah yeah like you know what I'm saying nowadays I mean, it's like people got killed yeah every, <laughs> now everything is chasing clout you know what I'm saying yeah. we're literally watching a man snitch on his entire crew right now on TV like he is he's we've watched him he he had the biggest wave ever for what are you a year about? we're talking about six nine oh okay yeah, he's yeah. like on the stand testifying against yes. his entire crew right now mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like. All because even in his te- like they think they said in his testimony he was like I just did this shit I I searched out yep. for a bunch of gang members yeah, he's snitching hey, no when he first started he was doing oh. music it wasn't working he was like what's working oh motherfuckers doing gang shit so he searched out for the biggest gang he like just got a bunch of people and bought a bunch of bandanas and put them in their first video it took <laughs> off and now the now they see it work and so then the blood start fucking with him. 
or I mean that whatever the game may be. And basically, uh, and now he, he got involved with some shit he didn't really want to get involved with. Like he was just around, and, and like, he struck a plea deal, right? With the I don't know because I haven't really because been. That's keeping, why he's yeah, like, I, he's definitely struck some type of plea deal because he's snitching on everybody. He's snitching on motherfuckers that wasn't even a part of it, right? Well, because he's only he's what twenty three, maybe I, he's not even twenty four. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> under twenty five. And I'm like, Duh, it's not. It was weird, man, but. Also, no, if, Kodak Black. I know he had a bunch of. Uh, but that, that's that's. I believe that's Kodak, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know people. I know Florida boys. I know people mm-hmm. who act like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that's a facade at all. Like, this dude definitely was a facade. He even told that this is a facade. I just was like, I need to get on. So let me get some bloods. Let me go buy some bandanas. He said <laughs> I bought some bandanas and just everybody waving <laughs> like, damn, what the fuck? Yeah, so, it's just, it's so weird to thrust literal kids into the spotlight. And I think you know, 6 9 was probably like the biggest example of that happening, even from an outward appearance. And I'm not trying to judge anyone. I would say the first to do it was Soldier Boy, though. Those, but uh, he just okay. did it right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He didn't overstep his boundaries. Like, you got 6 9 saying, suck my dick to people like fucking <laughs> Jay Prince. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Jay Prince is the biggest thing in Houston and is a is known for other things than music. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, and he says, suck my dick to people that you should not say suck my dick to. Right. And yeah, it's so just it's young like, and foolish. Yeah, it's just young and foolish, man. But as far as like catching that wave of the internet and basically like, like I think that was Soldier Boy at first. You know what I'm saying? He just started some beefs and shit, but it never went beyond some music. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, he just did it right and he ate off of that shit, man. Like, and like that was, he's another example of you have to think outside the box to make it in this this rap game because everybody's rapping now. Everybody, people who don't rap is are rapping. Yeah. And he thought to hey, oh LimeWire is popping or Napster whatever the fuck is popping. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make songs called the same thing as whatever the hit is. But when is you click on did? it, yeah, he like made songs. So that he were, like uh, faked or like Trojan horsed his songs under different names. That's yes. I didn't know that <laughs> he would do that, and he would tag tag other artists or whatever. Like, but then oh when you god. listen to it, it's a Soldier Boy song, and you just so happen to like it. Oh my god! I didn't like they do. It, they still do it on YouTube. You'll pl- click on oh, this is the new. Song. Oh, it's just you. But, yeah. <laughs> but he he worked it, man, and it. I mean, it, it worked. Shit. Yeah. Well, and uh, Franco was telling me that Lil Nas X is uh, you know was famous social media before he was really like see i never knew about him before like his twitter uh he was doing that stuff for a long time oh yeah as far as what he says on there yeah and he's so (laughs) good with it yeah see and i've never been good at twitter because i'm not that good with it i don't have that much to say to everybody no no like i know people who like every 10 to 15 minutes they have something to say to you and you're entertained and i'm like i don't have that no i don't i don't either (laughs) i don't listen to these records i got plenty to say there but i don't have something to say to you every 10 minutes i really don't even want to talk to anybody every 10 minutes (laughs) for real well we've been talking for more than 10 minutes it's not going to man well it's different we're having a conversation we're talking about some random ass quotes within a certain amount of characters and i'm like no (laughs) i can't do that shit bro what uh? So what's next for this new year? Um yeah man. So um more cat. Well, I'm really going to re up on this cash for dope situation. So expect cool. that within the next month. We're going to be doing that every single month. We're doing a new cash for dope. Um and also I got a new project coming out with Jackpot. He's doing all the beats for this. It's more of a. You should this, look at applying that to some of your merch too. Like maybe like the pre sale kind of concept. Fuck with me, man. Send me some. I I, I'm not idea. against. I like I said, buckshot approach. If you have yeah. an idea. 
shoot it my way. I'm <laughs> going to probably try that. Um, but yeah, like I, I got the uh, next project, another project coming out with Jackpot. You know, if you listen to my music, you know Jackpot. And he's, mm-hmm. uh, but this is more of some, um, this is me. I'm, I'm on some rapidy rap shit. So yeah. we're going to get on some, a lot of people like, they always say I got some, oh, man, you wish. So I'm a, I cater to the fans. So I'm going to cater to those fans who want that rapidy rap shit for me because they know I can do it. I like that. But you also, uh, you stay true to yourself yeah. while catering to the fans. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm, I'm in the mood for some rapid rap shit. I can't I wait to hear this you. stuff. You're going to get it. It's going to be great. You're going to get it, bro. <laughs> You're going to get it. And um, But yeah, man, just... Uh, you hitting up uh, Atlanta or New York again anytime soon? Of course. Uh, hopefully hopefully New York in October. Uh, probably won't be at A3C this year. Um, that's coming up, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely Atlanta because that's where my manager says it stays. That's where a lot of my work is coming out of anyway because it always comes from that way. Um, actually looking at trying to move to Atlanta um, no, not yeah, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta, you gotta do. do. What you gotta do. I don't want to be. It's so so stereotypical now. Oh, the rapper moved to Atlanta, but it's just like yeah. it had to make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I could have moved a while ago, but my manager's there. My work's coming from there. You know, I wanted to move to LA, but I don't know anybody in LA for real. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? My manager. I, if I every time I go to Atlanta, even if I'm just coming on some, hey, I'm just coming to visit. I'm working. Mm-hmm. I end up working. And I fucks with that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It Whether is. it's interviews or performances. I, exactly. I'll just show up in the city and he has something for me. So it's like, okay. Yeah. How do, um, how do features work nowadays? Is it just like a trade setup? It, it's a trade setup if it makes sense. And I think that's yeah. always been the case since people have been doing features. You know what I'm saying? You always hear stories about like, oh, so-and-so. What's the, uh, I think Hitmaker Hit was on doing an interview. He's like, yeah, I charged $75,000 a song I produce. <laughs> He was like, but I didn't charge two chains. I didn't charge so-and-so because they did this for me. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's always been the case with me with most of my collabs is like, I've done something for them and I respect them and what they're, they're craft enough. And sure. they have a, they have a fan base yep. that, and it makes sense. Let's do something. Yeah. Let's swap out. But if I don't know you, yeah, you can still buy these verses. <laughs> you, you still buy these beats. You know what I'm saying? That's not a problem and shit. Hopefully. And then the people that you're real with, then they hopefully bring you on if and when they make it. I mean, you can't really expect that for anybody just from doing a collab. But if you're my peoples, you sure. know what I'm saying? That like if we like if we came up out the mud with this, if I saw you struggle, you saw me struggle and we've done this together, then of course. If yeah. I get on, you're coming with me type shit. And hopefully it is vice versa, you know what I'm saying? I'm hoping so. Nice. No, that's great. Um What's going on with Sprite? I know I've been seeing some content with that. Lately. Uh man, like shout out to Sean, shout out to Brandon, man. But uh basically they just they reached out. Um they have a, a new campaign called uh, Sprite Way, mm-hmm. and um, basically they're they're focusing on a lot of un, uh, uh, untapped untapped artists, you know, what I'm saying unsigned artists, um, and basically getting into that wave because that is the new wave, and I'm I, I'm glad totally. they're getting into it early, you know, what I'm saying everybody's still, you know, I had a, I did a little something with Martell or whatever, but they're still working with signed artists, you know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. they have Migo. Well, I think they Martel the uh, champagne, the the Kanye, the Kanye. They, they're the revamping. Champagne. They're doing a lot of stuff with artists or whatever, but they're on. But as far as like Sprite, they're tapping people who aren't on yet. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. these are these are cats. They hungry. They want to get it, and but they have fan bases. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying because they're not just picking people at random. They're picking people that are in their comments. Like you should do this. You should do. You should. You know, what I'm saying because that's how they ended up reaching out to me. They're like. Who is this Indiana Rome guy? <laughs> so they, they reached out and voila, you know, Sprite way. 
Yeah, get that's that, that money that way. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, how do people get a hold of you? Hey man, um, what's say, your what's your site? What's my, your handle? Uh, of course, Indiana Rome is everything. Indiana like the state, Rome like the city of Italy. Put them both <laughs> together, no space in between, and put an at sign in front of that, and you should pretty much be able to find <laughs> me on anything from Instagram to Twitter did to hear, Facebook. Did you just hear how sultry and deep you got right there? You've now reached the Nighthawk. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Nighthawk. <laughs> Where's your mom? Where's your auntie? <laughs> That's what Cinder Rome's Cinder, way. Cinder Rome's way. Yeah, man. I'm ready. So I'm ready for even after post my post-rep career. I'm ready for my radio career. What's your website? Uh, Indiana Rome. Uh, just IndianaRome.com, bro. Cool. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I, make think sure we got a, I think we got a good base for a uh, future podcast with each other. Let's Look forward to uh, watching you and your career grow. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, bro. And I every, appreciate your time. Of course. Come on, man. Snake bite. You know what I'm saying? I Get got out of here. Dog, literally, <laughs> do you know how many times you saved me? <laughs> like, in a, and I'm at a party. Man, we can't over. Snake I got bite. the over. Snake bite. I'm opening everybody's bottle tonight. And you know what I'm saying? So, man, I just like, I'm. we're in your office but it's like next room over it's just like you, it's just central hub of shit bro it's like you getting this shit out the mud bro so there's nothing but that's, well, hopefully, that's hopefully we can watch each other grow together let's man. do this shit take man. it from St. Louis to the rest of the come world come on with it man it's awesome it's been great man my man I appreciate you having me bro I appreciate you alright love you peace, peace. damn y'all I hope Nobody got pregnant off all that bass and baritone coming through their earbuds. Oh, my God. He's got a great voice. I don't know what he was talking about in the beginning. Uh, I loved that. It was so much fun. I can't wait to have him and other musicians and hip-hop artists and producers and anybody you know that has done something outside of the, the usual way, outside the mainstream, back on this podcast. Uh I really enjoyed talking to Rome. I thought it was a really good interview, really concise. Had a had a point to it. He's promoting stuff. You know, he's getting it done, folks. And uh, he's just a good friend. That's about it. In other news, I think it'd be cool to end with some of my favorite thoughts uh, in these rare early editions without any commercial break or influence. Uh, this this quote has been hitting me a lot lately. Hitting me. What does that mean when a quote hits you? It sounds abusive. No, but this quote is from a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. What is the one thing that I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? That's a good quote to wake up to. It's a good quote to end your day with, thinking about the one thing that you can do so that everything else is easier. Chew on that one. Uh, I'll see you soon. These are coming hot and heavy each week now. I hope you're ready for them. Peace.